Why would we start with that? Well, all you got to do is wait and listen and know Fez getting the laugh on us. I'm RJ. Not feeling great today, but it made me hunker down. And we got AJ and Scott with us. And we got an offer for you. This is, I would say this is one of those five or six times a year there's an offer so good. It's like, take notice. So there's a concept called the weekender. What is that? Some people are like, hey, I want to bet this weekend, baby. So they get the action Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the weekender. And they put it together for the different pros, some, some weeks, some other weeks, whoever's got a big card that weekend. And it's 89 bucks. It's the whole weekend for 89 Pretty good deal. Sells well. But once or twice a year, and I mean year, like a calendar year, 365 days, they say, we want to expose people to the concept of a weekender. So they make it 10 bucks. That's right. That's like what? 90, 88% off? For 10 bucks, you can get every pick this weekend from Fezzik, who's now 27 and 11, up 28 units in the NFL. It's like, it's like clockwork. Remember in Donnie Brasco is like 200, 200 for jewels or whatever he called it. Ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. Well, that's the ba-booms is your net units going up with Fez in the NFL seemingly every year. The hitman, a guru with the props. He, 54 and 39 on the season, up 18 units. And this, from worst to first, Mackenzie Rivers, 10 and 3 run. In the NFL. How'd you do in the Super Contest last week? Three and two. Listen, you, you should dance to the sky for three and two, baby. So what are you on the season? Uh, ten, two, and uh, wait. Ten, four, and one. It's a tough calculation for him, wasn't That's it? That's strong. Ten, four, and one. How's that compare to me on the Dream Preview? Inferior. Mm. Eleven and four, baby. <laughs> strong. All right. That it is strong. Undefeated on my best bets. Hmm. Or you undefeated on your best bets, AJ? No longer. But you, unless I'm mistaken, you're doing, let me see, where are you at? You're like slightly profitable. Oh, no, you're better than that. Scott's slightly profitable. Fez is profitable. It's on the, the one you've had right there. Okay. Why don't you just no. tell, oh, this one. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, okay. So Scott and Fez are right at break even, and AJ's nine and six, and I'm the best. Yeah. 11 and four. No big deal, though. No big deal. <laughs> and I'm just trying to stay close. Luckily, that's your goal. Luck, striking distance. Uh-huh. Luckily, we had some quarterback review. Not, oh, so, not so close. Not so close. <laughs> Although, listen, I'm doing better than Scott and Fez. That's all I. <laughs> I mean, four plays. Four <laughs> plays is all I got. All right, the weekender, ten dollars. If you ever thought of, if you've bought picks before and you don't buy regularly, this is a time to dip your toe. If you've never bought before, this is a time to dip your toe. And if you buy often, just buy the normal price ones then. You know, why would you want to take money out of my... No, no, let's be honest. Buy for 10 bucks. Everyone who would want these... If you're willing... If I told you I just sent you an email and I've got all of Fez's picks in there, would you look? If you would, 10 bucks for all of them, Pretty much the same thing. On to the show. Oh, 
Wait a minute. I didn't even tell you the coupon code. That would have been like, oh, my God. What Sales we would have been like, why didn't we get any buys no, off that? None. It, <laughs> RJ seemed convincing. <laughs> Weekend 10. All one word. W-E-E-K. That's week. Then no spaces. And E-N-D. Then a one and a zero. Weekend 10. 10 bucks. Weekender. Maybe that was a mistake. Them saying weekender, now weekend 10. But we got the smartest audience. You know what? Throw in weekender 10 in there too, Mackenzie. Got it. Tell them to double up just in case. So you know what? You go in and say, I've been drinking a little bit. Give me my credit card. Well, probably don't do that. But when you sober up, wouldn't it be funny if someone had a breathalyzer at their house and they couldn't use their credit card unless... They blew under <laughs> under point oh eight. My it's, wife needs like that. it's attached to your phone and your like your Apple Pay won't I need, work. Yeah. I need that attached to my wife's Amazon account. <laughs> oh, I bought that after two bottles of wine. Sorry. So if you want to be square, go weekend ten and you can get it for ten. If you want to be hip, weekender ten. Either works, but don't do neither, or you'll miss out. Oh, let's workshop that. On to the show. Wise Guy Roundtable off a winning week. Another winning week. It's going pretty well. Your pod but bets except, are going really well. Except for my health. Uh, we got A.J. Hoffman. He's at 2 o'clock and missing in the infirmary, <laughs> Steve Fezzik. So Steve's here Monday talking, spit, spit's flying out. I'm like, hey, he's passionate. Wiped it from my eye, no big deal. <laughs> then this morning, he'd like at 5.30 in the morning, a suspiciously early time. Almost like, you ever, let's be honest, back in your younger days, AJ, you ever come back in like at 5.30 and be like texting people like saying, yeah, I got up for work and got to work out in, but I'm not feeling so good. Unfortunately, <laughs> I've always had jobs where that wasn't an option. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> so Fez, in a suspicious early time, uh, text this morning says, guys, I've been downgraded to doubtful. Like he was practicing yeah. that line for a while. And uh, getting tested tomorrow. Yeah, getting, yeah, bringing in the medical professionals tomorrow. Oh, boy. Who cares? Like, what's it? If he has COVID, what's the difference? It doesn't really matter. I mean, like, what would he do? I guess he doesn't want to come like, around us. He wasn't going to come around us anyway. Yeah, come I mean, yeah. at this point, we, if you have COVID, cool, we'll see you next week. So, but I, I, yeah. If you don't, guess what? We'll see you next week. (laughs) Exactly. But I was thinking, you know what? The pressure's on me. So now I'm, I'm working, I'm working. I mean, it's like, oh my God, what time? My eyes are like kind of blurry. You didn't want to leave me in charge again. Well, you, you, you listen. I mean, there needs to be a parent here. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you guys are not ready for that. All right. And <laughs> I thought you must have listened and said, "Oh, that was a disaster. I got to get back in there." <laughs> so then, no, 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 no. So then, though we shouldn't have a pre-tape of me just doing a generic intro, so we get the podcast listen. Oh yeah, that's a good point. And it's like, ha-ha, we got gotcha. <laughs> And you hear the tapes. Just, no. It's like when you call the voicemail, it's like, hello? Hello? <laughs> ha leave a message. <laughs> it sounded like The Simpsons or something. <laughs> it sounded like Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> oh, well, and The Simpsons. But, but anyway, about 4 o'clock, I got almost like, you know, like if you're watching a movie and someone has a heart attack or something, they have a, like, a, like there's a start. Like they go, oh. 
something almost like they feel pain. Mm-hmm. Then they go, oh, oh, and then they hold, you know, Fred Sanford style. Grab, like, grab your shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I but this was in my throat. I went, oh, I swallowed funny. I go, oh no. I go, effing Fezzik, no. And then like 10 minutes later, I got snot running out my nose. I mean, it came on like a fiend. And I was like, Fezzik's not there. I missed last week. I got to go. Now, here's the question. Yes. In hindsight, were you sicker today no, or was, last week? I was sick. I had a, I had, what ended up last week was just this headache that was about once a year. I, I actually used to get migraines. And just by luck or, you know, I actually, anyone that gets migraines, I would recommend a supplement. This is just a layman's recommendation, not medical advice, but it's called Butterbur. And Butterbur is great for the circulation in your brain. And uh, someone who runs a great um, local vitamin shop out here. And you might think, vitamin shop, why do we need that? You know, like you can get it all online. I agree, you get better prices there, but this guy spends like all day looking at all the different new vitamins. You know, he's like a serious guy. I think it's called uh, Mr. Green Jeans Vitamins, maybe. Mackenzie, you back? I think he went to the restroom. It says Um, here, Butterbur is an herbal supplement that has been found to be effective in the, I don't know what that word means, uh, of adult migraines in multiple studies. Yes, it, Um, it really helped me. A level A recommendation from the American Headache Society. Wow. See, that I there you go. I would have never never heard of it, right? But I started taking that and it was like it cleared them up. But like once you get what happened, anyone get, you ever get migraine? Mm. You start like the corner of your vision starts to look a little fuzzy. And then what I do now is if I get that, if I close my eyes and just put something over them, I can do that 10 minutes. And I fight use, it off. It just fights it off. But if I keep reading the computer screen, you're I'm, going down. You're going I mean it's funny. Uh, how just like that one different thing, but anyway, that was that's tough. So last week you you didn't have a choice. Well, I, listen, if I had a if it was a if Fezzik had been out last week, could you have fought through and been here? It would have been harder than this week. But okay, I, but I would have for the sake of the audience. So you chose the sick remember day at the Rocky, right time. Remember when Rocky went down in, in round fourteen? Yes, and even even Mickey was going stay, stay down. down exactly. Stay down. Yeah, but he got up, didn't he? Yeah, that's look how, at you. You're up. <laughs> not quite, hopefully not brain damage like but, but the brain damage comes in and out with Rocky. Some, it's true. Sometimes he has it. Sometimes he, sometimes he has a detached retina. Sometimes he doesn't. He has to fight right-handed. Yeah. Not a lot of uh, not a lot of continuity in that. Especially Rocky. In his health stuff. Rocky Five is like it doesn't exist. No. Did have you? Do you watch the Expendables? Uh, I have. I will rewatch to get ready for the new one. So you've I seen all of them? Yes. How many have there been? There's been three. I think this is the fourth one. How much yeah. is he making? On, he's probably making more on this than any of the other ones. Well, if they had, they wouldn't have made it. Who would have made another one if they weren't making money? If you watched The Expendables, no. I was going to say, I didn't think so. That but feels I like, like, way I like too low a, brow. You know, I like a good action movie. It's just simple. You it don't have to, pay. It's just, yeah, you don't have to follow anything. It's just action. You know what? I've never watched it. I feel like I'm the only person in the world who has. Maybe you haven't. What? John Wick. I, I hear that's really I good. do, too. I've I never watched it. it. They're fantastic. Yeah, I've never really? seen it. What would you compare it to? Like um, what other? I don't know, like Jason Statham movies. Like okay. it's just no, no, I like the Fast and the Furious. 
It's not like the Fast and the Furious. I like no. the Bourne identity. Those movies. It's not kind of not like that either. It's just. It's yeah, like, I hear there's like no plot. It's just fighting. It's just like the old, like the old school kung fu movies, kind of. Oh. It's just, it's, it's you know, it's like. Oh, guy, they, guy on a mission. Like Kill Bill. People, yeah. People okay, wrong like him, that. and he's gonna go mm. fight them all and kill them all. Yeah. And then there's dogs involved, right? Well, that's the first one. I'm not gonna spoil anything. Yeah, don't spoil it. I haven't seen it. It's only been out 15 years or so. The, yeah. Well, listen. Any chance for. Keanu Reeves to do well. That's that's what I want yeah. personally. You know, I think the first Fast and the Furious is amazingly good. Yes, it's also Point Break, and I love Point Break. Who doesn't love Point Break? Well, they remade it and tried to ruin it. I boycotted that. I like. You know what I like is the uh, is the I boycotted that. <laughs> I, I did. I, mean, I wasn't gonna watch that shit. <laughs> I said I will not give. I will not I give agree. a penny to this. Not getting my money, pal. And you know what? You saved the world in a way because think of it like this: there was a decades that point. If you saw Point Break on the cable channels, you knew what you were getting. Yes. Then the day came, the horrible day mm-hmm. that you didn't know what you were getting. You had to look to see, does it say 2019 or does it say... Yeah, I don't want to live in that world. No. So for about what, what, for about two years, it was majority the new one. That's terrible. And then like Rocky coming up in round 14, all of a sudden it, you see the old one and now you don't even see that new one's like it didn't even happen. Great. It got exterminated. Great. You know what that's going to happen with here soon? What? Roadhouse. You mean that there's going to be a, a, a new, new one that tries house. to ruin it? Mm-hmm. And then it will, that one will get vanquished. Yeah. I was there. Uh, I was at a UFC fight. And between fights, they, br- they brought out. Patrick Swayze came up and kicked that. <laughs> it's Jake Gyllenhaal is the guy who's like the star of it. He's playing an oh, MMA okay. fighter. And he gets in the cage and they do like a, uh, a fight. Like it was so, oh, it was so, like, so they were filming the filming actual event. at a UFC event. Okay. Yeah. I hear they do that a good bit. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's get on to the games. Boy, we got a big one to start. Yeah, and listen, you know, in a way, this is exciting, but in another way, if you're not playing contests, it's not, because what we got here is a rare case, and that, you know, listen, remember what we believe about Cornegay, who runs the Westgate and the Superbook, uh, Westgate Superbook, I guess is the way to say it, is he puts out the lines on Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon, right? Mm-hmm. Late, late afternoon? So 4 o'clock, 4 p.m. Uh, Pacific. Pacific. Okay. Now... What he tends to do is he has a good idea where the wise guys are coming, even where they're coming in the future. Because he's, he's been doing this for 20-plus years. He's got connections. He'll, you know, these guys, if they're smart, and I think, you know, I think Cornegay is in the, that category, is they will, hey, let's just say a guy wants 10 dimes on something, and he, he'd rather not take it, but the guy gives him information, so he takes a little bit more for, all right, let's make it eight or whatever. And then all of a sudden now he builds those relationships. And maybe that's a ne- or a slight negative EV, or maybe it's a break-even EV giving him the low extra. But now you got the information, and now you save a half a point, and that wins you a big bet. So he has a great idea where these are moving. So whenever the lines come out and the market now is different than them, you can feel pretty good the line's moving in that direction towards the Cornegay line. But I think in this case the line just moved after he came out, Right. It's funny because I, I this was earlier in the day. Uh-huh. Uh, what I don't so know. So to be specific here, we're talking about the Cleveland Baltimore game. McKenzie, do you do you recall what time it was that I, I approached you about this game and was telling you this was well, probably it looks my best like it bet? Moved at eleven thirty a.m. 
It could have been around that time. I mean, it was uh, McKenzie and I were the only ones here this morning, and and I was talking to McKenzie about this game suspiciously around eleven thirty, almost exactly after this line moved. You came up. So what you're saying, this is in, you know, oh, he's not why. I like two and a half. I like that at two and a half. So, so Cleveland, it was two and a half hosting Baltimore, right? And the line at 11.30 a.m., right, which would be hours and hours before he had to put this line out. Yep. So that's him saying he thinks this line comes back. And that made me worry. Yeah, I think it should actually. That's very interesting. I don't think he has that. I mean, you, it's hard to predict, like, coming off a three like that once it just went on to three. But anyway, it's Cleveland-Baltimore, and we've got a triple best bet on it because the line's three right now, and it's two and a half. And like AJ said, he liked it earlier anyway. I kind of did, but it was just too much value. I mean, it was certainly one of my handful, and there was too much value on it. And then we have um, Scott also with a five, and Fez with a three. He's in, in abstentia because he's sick. But he, we got his picks. So let's just talk about this one broadly, and then we'll kind of count our fours as the fives in a way. Not count, but at least, mm-hmm. you know, this one was almost a robotic play. But, again, every time there's a half point, even on a key number, I'm not going to play it. But this one I like. This was going to be my five if it was three. Like last night when, when we were leaving. So why don't I feel we let you start? And I feel the same way. And I'm, I'm sure AJ is going to talk about the Browns' defense. I'll talk about Watson. That works. Go right ahead. Uh, the Browns' defense the is, is <laughs> absolutely elite. And I mentioned last week the Browns had allowed— We're talking about three games, right? Yeah. Okay. They had allowed no snaps in the red zone. Well, now they've had, they have let one drive get into the red zone. It was the end of the, the first half against Tennessee. And they decided, well, we're just going to snap— we're going to sack Tannehill, and they won't get any points anyway. Like, the Browns' DVOA right now, defensive DVOA, minus 48%. For perspective, last year, the best defense in the league had a minus 14.8. That was San Francisco. That's the gap between the Browns and the rest of the world defensively right now. And much like last week against Tennessee, they're going against an offensive line that is banged up. And Lamar, 32 he's ranked in passer rating under pressure this year. 32 out of 34 who have qualified is where Lamar ranks under pressure. And then I, I guess I, I'll talk about the other side of the ball later, but, Scott, I, I guess you can jump onto it. But the Ravens are banged up in the secondary, and the, the Browns have a good chance to take take advantage of it. Well, I think we can agree, and a lot of people have been saying it all week, that that was the best that we've seen Deshaun Watson look this season last week. No, since he's been in Cleveland. Since he's been in Cleveland. Well, what happened last week that was different from the other games that he's played in Cleveland? The Titans had no healthy bodies in the secondary for starters. There was no, there's no Nick Chubb. And the way that the Browns shifted their offense without Nick Chubb was instead of having Deshaun Watson under center, using a lot of handoffs and play action fakes, they moved him into the shotgun. 43 of 67 snaps out of the shotgun last week against the Titans. And it's clear Deshaun Watson is more comfortable out of the shotgun. I listened to a couple of NFL Network analysts talk about why why that is. And they believe it's because when he is under center and dropping back to either handoff or a play fake to Nick Chubb, which is a huge weapon. Nick Chubb is the best, one of the best, if not the best running backs in the league. So you're going to utilize play action with him because defenses have to respect the run. But by the time he has has his back turned to the defense and then turns around, he doesn't process it fast enough to recognize what the coverage is and where he should go with the football. But when he starts to play in the shotgun, he sees the defense, and then as he backpedals and he gets into his drop, 
he evaluates what he's seeing because he's looking at it the whole time. That's why he has been most most successful out of the shotgun in his career. And I think this is a major shift for Kevin Stefanski in this Browns offense, now without Nick Chubb, realizing Watson out of the shotgun is where he's most effective. Now that's some pretty good analysis from both you guys. Um and we think it's because of Chubb being out that they're freed up to do this in a way. Yes. Because you're not a now you're not a run first team anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because when you pay, I mean, they pay Chubb a lot of money. There's a lot of supporters of his, and the I mean, sometimes it's not even that the coaches think it's best to keep with the old way, but the institutional, you know, there's almost a commitment to it, mm-hmm. right? So and, I and a lot of people would agree that running from under center is more productive than running from the shotgun. You give well, the running it's, back it's, that lead start. I mean, my yeah. understanding is there's only so many runs you can even have out yes. of the shotgun. I mean, the pistol is a little different. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. All right, so let, let me play devil's advocate since we're all in agreement here. But I do think these are valid questions. We've had one good game from Watson, right? And Tennessee, it was Tennessee last week, right? Yep. They are a team that really, really, really wants you to throw. You can't run on them. But they, they're they like a sieve defending the pass. You want to get the maybe get the yep. – um, DVOA? Yeah. I mean, the Ravens are the same way right now. Okay, but what I'm saying is looking at Cleveland's offense, I'm just saying how much of an aberration, how much of a one-off was Cleveland looking so good with Watson? Yeah, it says Tennessee here in our uh, opponent EPA on mm-hmm. dropback success rate is 30. So that means they're the – third worst yeah. defense against the pass. So I think it's possible it was an ideal situation for the Browns and they and, and Watson, they took advantage of it. That's mm-hmm. concern number one. Concern number two is um, as we think about the defense, who do they play? A Pittsburgh team that, let's be honest, isn't that good on offense. Agreed. I mean, we can just accept that. Number two, um, let me think about this. They play Tennessee – which we know Tennessee isn't very. I mean, Tannehill has been a disaster, yep. except when the char- except with the Chargers, he's able to do all right. Mm-hmm. And then Bengals with the, half a Joe Burrow. Yeah, and 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 the weather in that game, mm-hmm. right? So to some degree, I almost wanted to fade the Brown. I almost want to go over Ravens team total and Brown still, because I do kind of think Baltimore scores here. I think Cleveland does too, but I don't think this D is all-time great. What's amazing about there's a crazy stat with their defense. They have allowed either zero or negative yards on 53.3% of their defensive snaps. So more than a little more than half of the defensive plays, they're allowing zero or negative yards. Mm-hmm. But again, it's Again, those offenses yeah. that they're playing against. Yeah. So last week, one of your plays, and we shared this play, was the, the Colts over the Ravens. Mm-hmm. And part of my handicap was... In the first two weeks, the Ravens played Joe Burrow, who couldn't throw the ball five yards down the field, and they played C.J. Stroud in his first ever NFL start. I said Gardner Minshew starting for the Colts was a blessing because Anthony Richardson couldn't throw the ball down the field. So yeah, I'm not sure that's true, by the way. I disagree well, with that. Okay, well, Anthony Richardson had attempted one pass further than 20 yards down mm-hmm. the field through mm-hmm. two weeks. So I said if you're going to attack this Ravens defense, you have to be willing to throw the ball downfield because their secondary is just decimated with injuries. And in the first two weeks, they played two teams that just couldn't take advantage of it. 
Except Houston's ended up being an elite. They have now, team. but week. I mean, week. But one, how do we, what I'm saying is in week one, the, the fact they got stopped is it because it was week one or is because Baltimore played well? I, I, it's hard to say, but yeah. what I do know is a rookie's first ever career start. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I mean, you, you take it for what it's worth. They probably weren't. They they probably didn't say, "Hey, go fi- go fire away. You've got the uh, the keys to the to the Ferrari. Go for it." I can't imagine that was the case in week one. Well, if, if guys like us that are X's and O's, um, you know, illiterate compared to, like, coaches, sure. I think all of us would fall in that category. To me, the most interesting thing about the Colts was, and, and I think this speaks very well of Richardson, is if you – I can't remember who said this, but it was a great point. They didn't change the offense. If you think about it, you usually want a backup that ha- runs the same kind of offense as the starter. Sure. Because you don't want to have to change the offense. Well, Minshew's not a you know read option kind of guy. I mean, he's kind of mobile, but he's a passer. Yeah. Well, they were running the Anthony Richardson offense, and it wasn't like I mean he was in a concussion protocol. In these, I don't think they said no one who got concussed one week has played the next week because there's a whole new protocol now. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's very – now, Jimmy G, they're saying maybe we'll be able to. I'm not sure because he didn't really get removed from the game. Yeah, but he also didn't practice yet. And with the new concussion protocol, you so have he, to practice. Okay. And then they test you like after the practice to see how you responded. So they have to if, practice by what day? I don't know. They just have to – like that's part of the protocol. You have to practice mm-hmm. whether it's pads or not pads, but then they test you after you go through the practice mm-hmm. and whatever limited participation to see if you like okay. have, still have the symptoms. So unless I'm mistaken, no one has been able to do that within the same week, like where they get hurt one week or get concussed one week and they play the next. hasn't happened. So they should have known Richardson wasn't going to play, but still they don't change the offense. Yeah. That tells me they're committed, right? And – I think Steichen knows his stuff, so it makes me a little optimistic. I think Richardson plays this game for sure. I think so, too. And I think for this particular game, the Rams, who are good against the pass and can't stop the run, it's ideal for Anthony Richardson to play. Like I, I think the Colts should be thrilled that if Anthony Richardson could play. All right, so wrapping up, let's go back to what you were saying. You brought up the Colts game and repeat the what your main point was on that was just the, the no one has been able to attack the Ravens secondary which mm-hmm. is just they're down to to one projected starter in the secondary and they had played two teams that couldn't throw couldn't or didn't throw the ball downfield in the first two games and Minshew was was willing to attack the secondary and it reaped rewards and i think mm. Deshaun Watson can do the same thing here yeah but what was the stats with the Colts I mean, this. Listen, let's agree to the following. This all comes down to wh- where's what as of right this moment. Where's Watson one to thirty two, right? If he's twelve, this is a great pick. But <laughs> the only time he's been twelve, yeah. has been this last game, maybe. Yeah, we have him in our composite rankings at twenty six right now through three weeks. Yeah, so if he's twenty six, I think maybe this is a slight loser. I think if he's 19, 18, we probably have a break even. Mm-hmm. It's one of those situations. But again, at three, at two and a half, I think the, listen, it, the worst case scenario is Watson is what he's been the majority of the year and last season. That's his truth. And last week was whatever. And the Browns D isn't as good. Though let's look at some metrics McKenzie put up here. So uh, DVOA has them fourth. Is this defense or the whole team? The whole team. All right. And uh, Kevin Cole has him first. Pre-game EPA has him second. The PFF noise-canceled score is fifth. 
and Neflo, which is a site we like, seventh. So, you know, none of that accounts for, well, I guess some of it accounts for, like, how good the opponents are and was there something quirky about the game. Uh, I think here's the thing about the Ravens. Like, last week we heard Houston had, um, well, Dallas had four linemen out, supposedly, and Houston had multiple linemen out. If you're playing game after game and it's a new season with this lineup, maybe these are the starters. And maybe one day another starter is going to show up once he gets healthy. But I think always saying, like, the guys that's played every game, like these Baltimore guys, do they ever play? Well, no. But I think, like, to say that you're without, like, Laramie Tunsil for the Texans or Ronnie Stanley for the Ravens. But Stanley like, he's... never plays. <laughs> I mean, like, see his game count. So, no, you're right. At some point, he's the backup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he's like the uncle that never shows up for Thanksgiving that you liked as a kid. He may show up, but you yeah. can't expect it. He's not missing this year. He's just gone. Uh, you know, I don't know. I give the Ravens credit. I mean, what I don't understand is how you can get an A for every draft ever and never make a championship game. When's the last time they made a champ? Like, literally the final four. Oh, it's been a while. Yeah. I think they've made one since the Super Bowl. I was going to say, yeah. Warney uh, Kozar? <laughs> so, so, to me, yeah, there, I, I don't love the Ravens like some people do. But I, I got to say that this team, they tend to – and that's the thing about the Ravens. They draft some guy in the fourth round that blows out his knee in, like, the bowl game. And they're like, this year it's going to be a slow going, but they're going to have a first-round talent next year. So a guy comes back with no cartilage in his knee, and he gets hurt after, like, two games. It's like, what a bad break for the Ravens. A brilliant draft. It's like there's a reason he went in the fourth round. Is every other team said no thank you, you know, three times. But somehow the Ravens are geniuses. But they don't win a lot, do they? They don't lose a lot either. No, they lose when it counts. Yeah, they, they win a lot of regular season games. All right, so Ravens since 2012 Super Bowl, zero. I'm not sure if that's true, McKenzie, because I remember one game they played against the Patriots. 2014 divisional round, came back from 14, the Patriots did. Yeah, but but I think there was another game where they got straight, where where someone missed, I think Tucker missed a field goal. In the playoffs? That's absurd. And then uh, old man Tucker, and then... uh, And then they stripped, uh, the Pats stripped the Ravens Man, I no, maybe it wasn't. Wasn't that the 2011 loss to the Patriots? No, it wasn't 12 years ago. Maybe I'm just remembering wrong. I think the Pats ended up winning the Super Bowl that year, but it would have been maybe the Atlanta. What was the Pats' path the Atlanta year that they beat? Remember they beat the Steelers in the championship. I don't want to remember. Do you have it right in front of us? I'll pull it up. You don't have to tell me about the Steelers losing with glee. Do you remember the Steelers (laughs) losing? Yeah, I remember the 49ers losing a few. <laughs> When's the last time they won a Super Bowl? 1994? <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Ask me about my team. <laughs> uh, we'll get to I that. I don't want to participate in this conversation. <laughs> it's yours is more recent than mine. <laughs> All right, so what do we got here? New England beat Houston. Well, Ravens didn't even make it that That's year. Right. Okay. Well, the Ravens had like three years out of four that they were like five and twelve. Let's not make them out to. Did be... Did they really? Yeah. Well, let, let's just do this. Let's just pick a time. Uh, let's think about this. Let's go from Big. Uh, no, that'll be unfair. Big Ben's rookie year. I don't know. Let, we, we do 2012, right? Yep. Oh, I don't like this one as much. It's been getting too many years. The Ravens have, like... Uh, Give me the 2012 uh, on how many wins. I think Pittsburgh beats Baltimore, right? Go ahead. The Ravens have had 
one losing season, two losing seasons since Harbaugh got there. Exactly. Five, five and 12 or they five were, and 11. In 2015, they were five and 11. Uh-huh. 2021, they were eight and nine. That's not good. Uh, yeah, you said there was like a three-year run. <laughs> since since <laughs> 2012, Steelers 113 wins, Ravens 111. Exactly. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> oh, my God. What games? Hey, hey, listen, it's one of those things. You finally respect your opposition. Um, I think the Lamar situation where it's like, oh, they got the new you know, guy from Georgia, and he's passing, blah, blah, blah. I, what, Munkins? Todd Munkins, mm-hmm. yep. I'm not impressed. I mean, two weeks ago it was kind of impressive, and then it seems like they reverted back. I mean, the Colts are, the Colts are supposed to have one of the worst D-backs. Now, they played better, but the D-back room is not good for the Colts. Young. It's not, but what has been good for the Colts is the pass rush, and they were, on, they were all over Lamar last weekend. And Maybe if Ronnie Stanley played. Maybe. It could be the one game. It could be. I think he plays one game a year. <laughs> All right. So I am going to say that I question if the Browns are an all-time t- defense, but I think they're mighty good. Yeah. And I question if, Watts, if, if Watson's as good as he seemed last game. But even if neither of those are true, and I think today's move – Mackenzie, can you bring up the practice report? Um, Baltimore drawback success rate – 56%. Huh. Okay. That's pretty good. You think he'd win some games. <laughs> um, you mind looking at today's practice report? See what they're yeah. saying? And remember, we got that Roto World access if you need it. All right. We'll look at that. Stanley did return to practice. Uh, uh, limited participant? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> Linderbaum, too. So both, both the guys that missed last week – Limited participants today. So what does that mean? Were they limited participants last week? No. No, you don't know that. I do know that. You know they weren't. Wednesday's practice. Let's look. The funny thing is, oh, what do we got? Did not practice? Yeah, DNPs. Both of them? Yep. Okay, so they made progress. When is Stan? Look at Stan. Let's see how many games he's played. This was my four weight last week, so I was I researched. You were on it. What's he, a running back? <laughs> they got a picture of him, like, running the ball. He's goofy looking. Oh, wow. That is not a good game log. Oh, so let's see here. <laughs> I mean, he looked good for a while. 15, in 2016, he played uh, 12, then 15, 15, 14. Then, and then now do the um, behind the music voice. And then the trouble started. <laughs> Six, one. 11-1. So in the last four years, he's played basically a full season and two playoff games. Like it. Well, the last three years, he's played a full season if it was 1970 yeah. or 1966. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Enough making fun of poor Stanley. He's doing all right. He, I think he signed a monster contract right before all this started, yeah. actually. I mean, I, I'm serious. No, you're right, because he was like a uh, an all-pro. And- I, yeah. I don't want him hurt, but I do take joy in it. Okay. I mean, just the. I mean, like if somehow, like let's be honest. Who's the team that you hate? The Patriots. What? All that winning? Yeah. You hate winning? Uh, When it's at the expense of. uh, The Bills lost before the Patriots were good. Yeah. (laughs) So, if somehow the Pats signed like a big monster contract and then the guy gets hurt the next day, 
you're thinking you don't want him hurt, but you're thinking I'm happy that he signed that contract. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. All right. So now the next one is going to be what my four weight. Your four weight. Well, I guess we'll go with speak Fez's. Speak, speak of the devil. We'll go with Fez's four five weight though, which is New England, and it's my four weight. Now, this is also somewhat of a line uh, play. Six and a half is the market right now, I think. We get seven here. But I also think this is – let's look at how tough the Patriots, especially their defense, who have they faced this year, right? A Philadelphia team that seems to be able to win. They're the only NFL team I have seen that can be 3-0 and or 4-0 and now, right? 3 and Okay. Oh, they didn't – oh, I already thought the Thursday game happened. What the hell am I thinking? That was last week. Is and it feels like no one thinks they've really played that hard. Yeah, yeah. We, right. We, we, yeah, it, it's or played that well. Yeah, the conversation is, oh well, they haven't turned it on yet, but yet they're three. They're three and zero. That's yeah. pretty good, right? And they're, and and they're, they're covering. And like, they're covering. And they won by double digits. And now they're doing the tush. And there's only what three undefeated teams. <laughs> they're doing the tush push now. Apparently, two times in a row. I yeah. So. I think that that was a competitive game. A lot of people thought, though you thought, because you had the Eagles, you thought they should have covered. Well, I had the Eagles. You had a the Bucks. Oh no, the Patriots. Yeah, yeah. You're about, yeah. I we, thought the Patriots should have covered, but they didn't. They didn't. They're losers. Well, they lost that game uh, against the spread. But then, if you think about it, there was the the Jets game. Obviously, now look, the offense is problematic. I, I think it's hard to say anything but that. And and let me think. What was the in between game for Dolphins? That? Oh, which. And they yeah. held the Dolphins in check. You think about it, it looks like the Dolphins, that, that was like a Herculean effort, what mm-hmm. they did. Now, it's all about the offense. If, if I was betting this in real life and I haven't bet it yet, I would bet New England and under. There, there is a strong correlation to that. Dallas, and let's be honest, McCarthy is not a wizard with the X's and O's. And there's a lot of criticism about the play calling inside the red zone, which is, it's. Like, I was watching that game, it was baffling. The way, because because I had, uh, I bet Cowboys second half rather large, and it was disgusting watching the play calling inside the red zone. I I, I was so confused at the handoffs that they were doing; it just didn't make sense. Let's think for a minute about the types of teams that New England could play, and the different re- results. One is the Jets, and let's just call that a below average offense. Low average offenses generous. can't do well. Listen, that team beat the beat the Bills. Yeah, they did. And how many did they put? What was it? Twenty in that game? Yeah, yeah, there was a uh, a block kick return and a, a touchdown return or an interception return. So right? there was so there was both both were no, you're right. There, for touchdowns. There was one return for a touchdown, and then there was some, some field goals. You're right. And but what I'm saying is is it's not the worst offense that ever hit ever the world ever seen. But it's when, just the worst in the league this year. But when 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 Belichick is going against a limited offense, you're in trouble. He's going he's gonna to put you into a corner. You're not going to know what to do. And I think we've seen that. Now, when he plays a really good offense, he's going to do good, but that offense is going to get theirs. Mm-hmm. I think Dallas is more not towards a horrible, but I think in the scheme of their offense, I think Dallas is middle of the road. I think, I think you're absolutely right. And part of what I was looking at today was – the. We've seen we've seen the final scores. We've let the final scores of Dallas games blind us to the fact that their offense is just kind of average. Now like, you could make the case that they haven't needed to show a ton. You're right, but the Arizona game changes that. But when you see they put up 40 in Week One, 
That was three turnovers, a pick six, and a blocked field goal return for a touchdown. Mm -hmm. 40 points, though, but you see 40 points. Oh, great offense. They, the Jets game, they score 30. Half of that came on field goals, and they won the turnovers four to nothing. But half of it coming on field goals is almost impressive. Because if you can score that many points and not even convert in the red zone. But if you, if you score 30 points and you, you are uh, plus four in turnovers, your offense wasn't some kind of a juggernaut. No. But, but the question is, why would McCarthy, if he would have opened it up, he might have been able to run it up, but he increases the chance of that that random thing happening in the, in the comeback. In well, that game, that, they had 42 minutes time of possession, and they only scored two touchdowns. Well, and that's what happened last week. That was the mo that was the the best statistical offensive game for the Cowboys mm -hmm. against Arizona, and they got blown out. Playing, well, I mean, again, it was seven minutes left. It was a coin flip by by projected, you know. So they ended up losing, you know, by a clear margin. I would make the following case. Last week's the indictment. I'm not going to indict you for winning a game 40 to 10 or whatever, right? But if you are losing to a team you're a 12-point favorite to and you don't come back like gangbusters, that's problematic. And some teams, when they have trouble, it strengthens them. I think in Dallas, it weakens them. Dallas is a front-running team. And, 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 and I think in general, Belich listen, as much as this is another game that, that New England's got to play hard, they're one and three if they don't win this game. Yep. They win this game two and you know, starting this year two and two would be a mighty good start considering the competition. Uh, starting one and three, it's hard, it's hard coming back from that. So I like New England. It's it's a value play because of the seven at six and a half. It might have made my card, but to be honest, it probably wouldn't have. So like that half point drove it from the six pick maybe to the second pick for me. I like it. I, I back that play. Uh, but I, you don't have it officially. I don't have it officially. Any con Anyone contrary? No, it's just I, obviously I, I've said this on, I guess, Sunday night when we were looking ahead to this week. I think it's going to be a pros versus Joes matchup because I do think the public's going to back the Cowboys because of how everyone – Every media outlet, when their power ratings were in the first two weeks, Cowboys number one, right? Number one. But again, who have they played? They blew out the Giants. They blew out the Jets. But do you but think then, the public wants to back a team after they get beat by oh, I think like they, one of the worst teams in the league or yeah, perceived one I, of the worst teams in the league? I think they say, oh, well, they're at home. They're not going to lose two straight games. They were the number one power-rated team through two weeks. I, I think they'll have a majority of the batting. Um, I think in general – uh, recreational bettors like to bet hot teams, mm -hmm. but there is sometimes it's funny. Sometimes we'll bet a bounce back team. The, the fact they're favored is the key. Cowboys are nine and one against the spread in their last ten games following a loss. Mm. I just remember the the Bills lost nah, one to the Jets, surprising. and they went from being like number two or three in everybody's power rankings to eight, and it well, was like, but that's different. That's different than the public. Right. That's I mean, true. I mean, even though these are media guys that aren't sh you know, necessarily sharp, some are, some aren't. Okay. Um, one last thing. So Diggs got hurt. Trayvon. Okay. Oh, well, yeah. We're not talking the Bills, right? No. I, and a former. Oh, go ahead. What are you gonna no, say? I'm saying this is good. Keep going because I have something on this. No, go ahead. You take it out. Go from there. I, we might have the same thought. That's perfect. Is that he got hurt. Midweek, mm -hmm. and they had to play two days later, mm -hmm. and the team was not over that, and the mm -hmm. players were a little bit, you know, caught off guard, distracted. Now somebody has to come in and change it, the defensive they, scheme. They were a huge favorite yes. in the game. 
and now you actually have a week to digest. Now we have a week to set our defense, prepare our scheme without Trayvon Diggs. Our season moves along. It just felt like when that happened, it caught the team off guard. Everyone was sending out their thoughts and their prayers, and then all of a sudden they have to turn around and change their defensive game plan or not change it, but it's like they didn't focus on the game plan against the the Cardinals. It was just the injury affected them, so, I think, But if anything, that's, that, your point is pro-Dallas. Yes. Here's what I think. It, 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 that wasn't mine, but I'll, I'll come up right when you're done. Oh, go ahead. No, if you it, go ahead. You go ahead. So one of my thoughts on this game on the defense is the Cowboys run so much man defense. and Well, they did. I, well, they did. And I don't know if they're going to continue to be that way without Diggs. If they are. Trayvon. Yes. Well, we we were just talking about Buffalo when you said okay. it, so I was we trying to clear. We weren't really it. talking about you brought him the shoehorn. Shoe I get it. Man. I get it. <laughs> I don't often say good things about Mac Jones, but one thing he does is process quickly. And when you play man, and you're like you're counting on your your pass rush to disrupt and and force a, a quarterback into a mistake. That's not really what Mac Jones does. He doesn't make a bunch of bonehead throws. He doesn't mm-hmm. turn the ball over a lot. He does. So for a guy with low upside, he sure does. <laughs> I mean, I'm, but he he processes yeah. quickly and gets the ball out fast. He's like a slightly learning disabled Tua. So, <laughs> so against man <laughs> coverage, he's going to be at his best. I don't know what I don't know if the Cowboys are going to run a bunch of man without Diggs. I don't know if they're as capable. So I'm the cornerback's name that used to be with New England. Uh, that's now the number Gilmore, one. Stephon Gilmore. Gilmore. Yeah. So he used to be with Buffalo. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so perfect. Um. I mean, here's what I know. If was, I don't want Belichick knowing, like, I don't want to play for Belichick for a couple of years or five years and then play against him. Because, I mean, he knows that. So to me, if he's now the number one corner, you've got a weakness at corner. I mean, in theory, Belichick's going to be, be helpful in that or, or be effective in that position. Did you see who the, uh, who the Patriots signed this week? No. Play quarterback? Backup quarterback? Oh, the guy from the, the, the Bengals? No. Oh. oh, yeah, he was from the Bengals, but. He was with the Cowboys the last two years. Will Greer. Oh, that's interesting. There's some, there's some <laughs> belief that uh, the Cowboys will be changing their hand signals this week because oh, Will Greer and Ezekiel Elliott know the hand signals. The, their offensive coordinator said Will Greer knows where a lot of the bones are buried, so we've got to change Ooh, things and up. And you got Zeke. See, mm-hmm. I like this. Well, I like this. Now, funny, I thought they were just trying to cause the Bengals trouble. No, they were trying to get somebody who knows the Cowboys. Maybe they got a double whammy because they had to. They had to put them on their their their, their active roster. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Patriots, four star from me, five star from Faz. Uh, okay, so now the four star. Let's continue down the road. My four weight is the Tennessee Titans plus two and a half, uh, hosting Cincinnati. Well, Cincinnati and doesn't have Will Greer anymore. They don't. They've lost him. <laughs> you Cincinnati know, he knows Sons, where the Sons, <laughs> where the bones are buried. Uh, I like it. I like Tennessee coming off a blowout loss, but I think again, I I think Cleveland's defense is going to make a lot of teams look really bad. The Bengals. Coming off a primetime win when everyone was doubting them. Uh, I mean, everyone, no one wanted to bet the Bengals last week. And they still won. They still covered. Now I think people are feeling a little silly for fading them. Really? I think so. I'm not sure how much we're going to talk about the wisdom or lack of wisdom of playing the Rams when I had the Rams last week. (laughs) It's not Uh, how I meant it. uh, I mean, a lot. But I mean, I think we we saw where the market went on, like, towards the Rams. Like, money was just one-way traffic. I think it was the right side because I think given the fact the Burrow played and given the fact he played okay, I wouldn't have betted in hindsight. But the fact that it fell three – 
when I was getting two and a half in the contest, and it went almost as well as it could have for the Bengals. Meaning, I think by most people's account, Burrow wasn't playing. That line was a. I mean, if Burrow didn't play, that line would have moved maybe to pick him, maybe to Rams minus one. So, like almost all the all the movement had been already accomplished. Then, when Burrow was going to play, the line hardly moved back. They're saying like we think he's so uh, limited that it doesn't matter. We're still only going to have him laying, saying they're even teams against the Rams. And and he was limited. I mean, he, but but he played better than expected. He, it was, that was the lowest QBR he's had all year. Well, I don't know. Listen, I know I taught you about QBR a couple years ago. <laughs> that was not his worst game. I mean, you can't tell me that was – if that's the case, that QBR was better than in week one, what was his QBR in week one? 33. And what was his QBR this time? 28. Yeah, there's something wrong with QBR. Because, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever seen it in that performance, like, in that week one. But either way, I guess what I'm saying is if I knew that he was going to play, I wouldn't have played it. But I think there was a better than 50% chance he wasn't even going to play. And they didn't have Will Greer. So, <laughs> so, so I'm not sure. Now, if you would have played it right at post, I think you could say maybe that was foolish. But us playing it before, you know, Burrow was known to be playing or not. I'm not saying it was the wrong side. I'm saying people— Well, you said people feel foolish. Okay. You're sharper than the average better. I think. So Hopefully. The, the average better says, man, I thought he wasn't supposed to play. He played. I lost money. Mm-hmm. And they're thinking the Bengals are good. Well, most, most of those batters don't even bat— until 15 minutes before the game. I mean, like, That's yeah. probably true. Yeah. So, But let's just say that we don't have to critique everyone's bets. That's what, that wasn't what I was trying to do. <laughs> That's what you were I, I apologize. So in. what you're saying is there's a reaction to last week. Yes. Okay. And what I believe is Joe Burrow still is far from Joe Burrow. That is okay. not Joe Burrow. And Cincinnati lane two and a half on the road, tell, that says that's Joe Burrow. And it's just not him. I refuse. I refuse. No, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. I agree with what you're saying. I, I kind of lean your way for the pick. There's one reason I don't. But if Joe, if the Cincinnati Bengals were at full strength, uh, you know, let's say normal strength, this line wouldn't be what it is. What was, what did the line close on the Rams game? Two, uh, pretty much two and a half. It didn't even go up. To and three. that was at home, right? Yeah, but again, it was with Burrow considered to be limited. Extremely limited, yeah. I still believe he's extremely yeah, limited. Exactly, but what I'm saying is, you're saying this number assumes the Burrow's back and 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 a hundred or near a hundred percent. I'm saying no, this line okay. doesn't do. I that. agree with that, but I believe this number. If they were two and a half at home against the Rams, mm-hmm. them laying two and a half on the road. Well, let's look at let's look at our five. Let's bring up our power ratings, McKenzie. All right, one sec. But that tells me that because I don't think I don't think people think the Rams are way better than the Titans. No. Well, let's take a look. Yeah, so maybe maybe let's look at the Rams because they played Cincy, obviously, last week. And, and let's look at Tennessee and maybe let's do some comparison. Okay. So I, I would say based on the power numbers, we've got trying to get in some priors here. So Neflo is probably a good example of that. We got them tw- – Neflo has them 21, uh, the Rams, and 23 Tennessee. I think Rams being a quarter point better – then Tennessee, I think, works. So a smidge better. Okay, so if, if the Rams are a smidge better and since he was two and a half at home mm-hmm. against the Rams, mm-hmm. how are they two and a half on the road no, against you're, Tennessee? You're making, you're making a good point because assuming that's the case, I mean, let's say Tennessee doesn't have a great home field, but let's just say a point and a half. 
Um, since he doesn't have a two-and-a-half-pointer. So they were saying since he was a little bit better. So since he's a little better than Tennessee, uh, let's think about that. Oh, no, they'll be more than a little better than Tennessee. Well, no, they're a little better than the Rams, so they're a little better plus than Tennessee. So that would make Tennessee minus one-and-a-half at home. See, Pickham would be the line, I think, that would make the most sense based on last week. And the line right now? Two-and-a-half. I think you're right. I think there's a good value. I mean, this is what I'll agree with. There is an implied Burroughs either back or we expect him to get better physically mm-hmm. built into this number. But let's not forget, too, Tennessee looked really bad last week. Sure. So now the only team they haven't looked really bad against offensively is the Chargers. So – I, I think there's been a reevaluate. I mean, I've been a I've been a roller coaster in Tennessee because me and Feds bet him under after week one. Then after week two, I was like, oh, I hate this bet. Mm-hmm. And then now I'm thinking. I heard someone saying they 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 might be a top five pick. You know, like they're saying who's going to be top five for the draft. So I don't know. But but what I would say is I think you're right. This line probably should be pick him. You're getting two and a half. That's that's pure value. And last year, the in week two. The Titans were in a similar situation. Like they, they were coming off an absolutely embarrassing loss in week two to Buffalo. They lost 41 to seven. The next week, they were two point home dogs to the Raiders and won outright. This is like Mike Vrabel and Mike Tomlin. These are the guys who mm-hmm. they get, they rally you. When, you mm-hmm. when people think, oh, they're dog shit, that's when those guys step up. So Vrabel is a home dog after an embarrassing loss. I, I think this is a great spot to back the Titans. Fezzik has it three and a half on a neutral. So, however much you want to give to the Titans, he has he has Cincinnati. He has Cincinnati three and a half on a neutral. He has Cincinnati one point better than average, and he's got the Titans minus two point five. So that would be three and a half on a neutral. Mm -hmm. Now that one puts this in line, but I I did. I mean, he's heavy against Tennessee. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's got an opinion, right? That's that's fine. Um, I like it, but I, I guess here's the thing. I don't mind it this game. I just wonder to what point do they have to pull the ripcord because they got two quarterbacks, Tennessee, that are fairly pedigreed, meaning a second rounder. And what was it, a third, third rounder? rounder? That's a lot of draft capital. Yep. Right? Now, let's say they do hit the skids here. Because remember, it was injuries, but they lost like eight in a row at the end of last. La- so they're like one in 11 or something. <laughs> so the question becomes if they are heading for a top five pick, don't they need to find out what they got? Yep. Because the, it, and at that point, which guy plays? Is it Gre- but Greer or Willis? A minimum, you need one to play. A minimum, Levis, you Levis. need one to play. Yeah. Right. I I do think that that moment is a ways away just because of the division they play in. You don't feel like anybody in this division is running away. Jacksonville doesn't look good. Well, and that's sure enough. No, I agree with that. But but then the catch twenty two is what's the if you're going to be a, a eight and nine division champion. Uh, what, and again, maybe this is where Vrabel comes in. He doesn't like to lose. You know, if you actually look, they're one and nine in the last ten, and three six and one against the spread, and they're losing those in those ten games by an average of nine over nine points a game. Huh? Okay. Why aren't the Jets going after Ryan Tannehill? <sighs> maybe because they're they're dumb, but not that dumb. Why don't the Jets go after Malik Willis? <laughs> well, I mean, they, they they got um, what's his name, right? Trevor Simeon. Yeah, he, Simeon's better than Wilson. I tell you that much. Listen, I'm going to give AJ an an important compliment here. 
This is a sharp play. I mean, maybe someone's going to agree with it, maybe they're not, but this is not an obvious play, and this is not uh, this is not a recreational play. So this, thank you. Yeah, no, I'm serious. This is, I mean, this is one that, that I'm going to put on my like watch list. You that, know, that is high praise. I appreciate that. No, because that. because I mean, the logic is strong. I don't believe. You know, PF, PFF football show, their their main pod, they got a guy on every uh, Friday that is an injury expert. He's a, he's like a doctor. Mm-hmm. And he sits there, and, he, and he's very understated. A lot of these doctors are big, you know, carnival barker types because they want attention online, which, hey, that's how you get attention online. But this guy's understated, talks a little low, like they got to turn his mic up. And, you know, and he said, listen, this kind of injury in his calf it does, if it doesn't rest for like four or five weeks, it's not going to get better. That he, it, the idea that he's going to be able to even do walkthroughs, then playing real games, and 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 get better, he said he doesn't see it. That I take seriously because we just think, oh, it's another week. He's gotten better. I don't know. And even if he does a little bit, that means he's resting so much. He's not. How's he ready for the right. game? Yeah. I think the Rams just – I mean, let's be honest. I didn't watch the beginning of the game, but what didn't they get screwed on a touchdown call? Yeah. I mean, that, that whole game changes, right? Probably. All right. All right, good stuff from AJ. Scott, you're number four. Let's see here. Looks like – oh, it is that Jacksonville Atlanta game. Yes, the Jacksonville Jaguars in London. And this is my one-weight play as well. All right, so this is minus three Jacksonville. Minus three Jacksonville in London. Favorites have done extremely well in international games. The NFL International Series, 29-9-1 straight up, 25-14 and 14 against the spread. And for me, it's the familiarity. The Jags, been there, done that. You realize Trevor Lawrence was the first rookie quarterback to win a game in London? Rookie quarterbacks were 0-5 before he won a game there in 2021. So he's been there. He knows what it takes. It's it's not a normal week of preparation when you go to these London games. There's a lot of things that you have to do over the course of the week. And the Jags, by the way, are making it their home for the next two weeks because they're going to play back-to-back games in London for the first time. So they're there. They're getting settled in, getting comfortable, having their practices, doing the meet and greets. The Falcons only there for one week. I will say this. The Falcons were there in 2021, so Arthur Smith does have experience going to London. I'm not going to ignore that. But the Falcons, 3-8 and eight against the spread in their last 11 games overall. The Jaguars lost to the Texans, but they outstatted them. Yeah. They won the stats. If you, if you watch that game, it could have been completely a, a complete different game. The Jags didn't play that poorly. And the Falcons are not a team built to come from behind. If the Jacksonville Jaguars are able to establish a double-digit lead, I don't have confidence confidence in the Falcons coming back because they're built with the run. And Desmond Ritter, for some reason, and we can talk about you know guys like Kirk Cousins playing at 1 o'clock and then playing whatever, Desmond Ritter playing on the road is not successful. At home, we know he's incredible. Whether it's college or the pros, at home, he's unbelievable. On the road, he's not. He's 0-3 uh, on the road straight up. College, 9-10 and 10 against the spread on the road. It, it, maybe he's just not comfortable when he's away from his normal setting. And going to London's, that's not going to help. I mentioned the rookie quarterback stat. I know he's not a rookie quarterback, but he is a first-year starter. So Trevor Lawrence, the only rookie quarterback to win a game in London, you can make that first-year starter as well. They were 0-5 before he won a game. 
I think that the Falcons got a little bit exposed last week, and I have to give credit to Dan Campbell. I go back and forth on I, – I know his pedigree says he's a smart guy. He just – sometimes he acts really dumb, and it makes it hard for me to believe he's a smart guy. Last week I watched that game, and I said, this dude is so smart because he said, we're going to stack the box, we're going to overstack the box, and we're going to say, okay, Desmond Ritter, figure something else mm-hmm. out. You're not going to run the ball against us. And it's absolutely repeatable. The Falcons had less than 200 yards of offense. Detroit had 10 penalties for 119 yards, and the Falcons scored six points. Mm-hmm. They did not let you run. And when you when you take away that run game from the Falcons, they are trash. And the only way – Jacksonville, they're fourth in DVOA against the run. Yep. The way to beat them, through the air. They're going to do exactly what Detroit did <sighs> – I, I feel great about Jacksonville if this game has to be on Desmond Ritter. So, so I think there's a – oh, go ahead. And yeah, I was going to say, look at the Jaguars' EPA against the rush and uh, success rate. They're second best in the NFL. And when you look at even trailing from behind, there's an interesting uh, stat here from uh, – who's the guy, Bill? We have the, the – McKenzie, you know the name? Baldwin. Bill Baldwin mm-hmm. has those stats on the NRF, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, the Falcons are second to only the Dallas Cowboys. And the Cowboys, I take them out because it was just the one game. We don't know. But the run rate, when you are less than 25% win probability in the second half, the Falcons are the second highest run rate. So even, so, when, they're, so even when they're behind, even when they're trailing, they're not throwing the ball down the field. Now, last year, it's funny, you could see Chicago didn't have any faith in their quarterback because they were running even when they were down the whole— They're third. Okay, yeah. (laughs) And they're they're very close. They're almost identical to the Falcons. I agree with a lot of this. I I hear something missing from the analysis, and I think there's a better way to get at this, even though for our exercisers, not, I think, for the listener. Jacksonville's offense is a problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's the big debate because you got the Trevor Lawrence fanboys— and they're going, oh, there's too many drops. You know, that's the first thing, because they lead the league in drops. All right. Maybe he's not throwing the ball, a catchable ball, possibly. But number two, you've got an OC calling the plays, not the head coach. And that is causing – It's the first. he's a first-time play caller. Ken, do you want to get his name for me? Yeah. And it is big consternation. Everyone that is a Trevor Lawrence fan saying, oh, he shouldn't be calling plays. He shouldn't be calling plays. Well, if there's any week, I bet if they lose this game especially, they're spending the week in London, yes, and then they have another game. Mm-hmm. To me, that is a big statement that they probably changed play callers in that case. So his name's Press Taylor? Yeah. Okay. Um, so just look up uh, play calling and controversy or something. See, you know, Just see what's out there. I, I don't think they make the change the be- on the beginning of a trip like this. I think they might during that interim week. I think that's a big negative. He's calling the plays. It's not working. They're dropping balls. And I agree, though, about Atlanta and how good uh, Jacksonville is against the run. Mm-hmm. I think it's under Atlanta team total. I don't have any real assurance or confidence that Jacksonville is going to score a bunch of points. So under in the game. The, the, you know, the under has hit in the last four Jags games in London. Okay, that's interesting. But I think Jacksonville could blow them out. Mm. I'm saying the thing I'm most sure of, all the things I'm sure of. Is that Atlanta won't score. Atlanta won't score a lot is what I'm thinking. Doesn't that, is that where your confidence is? That's yes. my most That's why I said. Everything went their way last week. Ten penalties, 119 yards, and they scored six points against the Lions. 
and it, and it brings up an interesting point. That's what we should do in every game is what side of the ball, what matchup do we have the most confidence in because it's easy to isolate that. Yeah. 19 and a half total up on the DraftKings Sportsbook right now. Okay, now that's not a great number, mm-hmm. right? By definition, that's a horrible number because 20 and 20, you know. But again, I don't know. If there's a 20 out there, I like it a lot more. So it's something to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. At 19 and a half, I wouldn't play it. At 20, it's a play for me. Uh, calls, suggestion he took play calling duties, or false. Okay, the very fact there's even a controversy about it yes. speaks to my point. And remember, you said Atlanta was exposed. Look at this. If you look at the look-ahead line, it was Jacksonville three and a half. Then during the look-ahead period, it was bet down to three. It opened three. So now, if anything, it's pro-Atlanta money, mm-hmm. anti-Jags. And then if you look on Tuesday, and we're taping on Wednesday evening, on Tuesday it ticked up to, uh, let me make sure I got that date right, one second, Jacksonville. Yeah, on Tuesday it ticked up to 3.2. So a little bit of juice, and then it got bought right back. So it's like there's a resistance point here. People are taking three and a half, and they're obviously inclined to lay three, but not as much as we might think. I don't think Atlanta's been completely rebuked or hasn't been rejected by the Sharps. Mm -hmm. But I do think you're right. Last week, I I just heard a change in the narrative. And I actually heard in the Atlanta staff some frustration. Like, we got to be more productive throwing the ball. I I really like Atlanta under, especially at the right number. Ritter, tied for 31st in our composite quarterback rankings. But you mentioned the Sharps and they're they're, uh, falling in love or out of love with Atlanta. I mean, McKenzie printed out the the teams and their uh, line moves. Mm -hmm. And Atlanta is the third highest in the NFL in terms of their line moves from uh, uh, open to to post to close. So let me explain this. This is something that uh, we do proprietary tracking on. And so what we do is, is McKenzie does a great job on this. Is by hand, he'll log once a day what the line is, and even today he gives us a late, a new late number that I like for the pod. And then we say, okay, what what can move a line that doesn't really count? And it's like for for the pub, the sharps being on them, injuries, right? So if there's a big quarterback out and it moves three point, we just take that out, yeah, right. And we go from Monday morning because that's when the syndicates start betting to kickoff, because I want to see what happens that last hour, because those are the sharpest moves sometimes, especially if they're big moves, right? The public bets, but they move in little increments. If you see, like, the screen go red or black, whatever way you got your screen, boom, that's the wise guys betting at the last minute because they can get the biggest bets in. Um, So along those lines, the Raiders have the most support of any team. (laughs) In three games, they've been bet up almost five points combined. Tennessee's number two, the team A.J. hates. Atlanta's three, as Scott said. Houston's four. The Rams, five. Cleveland, six. Chicago, seven. See, the wise guys aren't always wise. So can we tell who the, the teams that have been bet down are? Yeah, the teams that's been bet down, we'll start with Detroit. or Dallas, actually, at 23. Detroit, the Chargers, Pittsburgh, Cincy, San Fran, Philly, Green Bay, Buffalo, Jacksonville. Ooh. So now this is interesting because look at these teams. Let's just start with Dallas, public. Detroit this year, public. Chargers, public. Pittsburgh, public. Cincy, now with Burrow, public. San Fran, public. Philly, public. Green Bay, ah, maybe. They're, they got a lot of fans. Yeah. Um, Buffalo, public. Jacksonville, 
kind of public. I mean, because of, Bur- I mean, you know, there's certainly not a boring. I mean, you look up top, Raiders, ew. Yeah. Tennessee, ew. Yeah. <laughs> Atlanta, okay. Houston, oh, rookie quick. Rams, aren't they getting the first pick? Yeah. You can see the Sharps usually are, are going. But, again, they've been wrong about a lot of teams this yep. year. This is good work, McKenzie. And you made sure to, um, like, when a game played Thursday, they, you made the kickoff Thursday for them. Yeah. All right, good. And Monday was Monday. Right, and if a team was affected by a Monday night game, their opening line was Tuesday, All just right. like the other teams. This is good work. So it's interesting. We have the third highest moving team against the team that is being bet against. Hey. And I'm on the team that's being bet against. Up to this point. Up to this point, Up to yeah. this point. That, I mean, you got to know when to pivot. <laughs> Yeah, this is fascinating. Okay, uh, speaking of our quarterback composite, it might be time for a quick review because Trevor Lawrence, what do the kids say? It's problematic. It's problematic. Look at the difference between the PFF and the QBR on I know, I know, I know. All right, so Trevor Lawrence was my first pick. I picked him, what, five or four? Uh, you picked six. him six because we, we traded. traded. The fifth okay, pick. okay. Um, why don't we just start at the top and see who has who? So, McKenzie, two is number one. He's number one in PFF, and he's number one in QBR. He's a double number one. Who's got Tua? That would be R.J. Bell. Oh, okay. I forgot. Okay. I'm so mad at this. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I had Tua last year, and then he got hurt and ruined my draft. Exactly. You but knew, I knew how you, good he was. You made it. You, you, Gordon, when you trade stocks, it can't be per. It can't I be was, per. You know what? It was Don't all, get emotional. It was all of AJ's talk about him having another concussion. And it just got to me. It's only I been almost, three weeks, buddy. I tell you, as long as he gets his QBR, if he gets a concussion, he'll just ride out number one. Oh, that's true. <laughs> all right. Number two is Jared Goff. Who's got Jared Goff? That would be R.J. Bell. So oh. with the 13th pick. Jeez. <laughs> the 13th pick, number two. That's strong. All right. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Who was that, Fez? I got that, number one. Oh, okay. Matthew Stafford. No one picked him, right? Yep. Oh, my gosh. Justin Herbert. He's Listen, someone's got to do something on that team. He's doing something. <laughs> Josh Allen. Who has him? I do. So, did you have Herbert? Too? I have Herbert and Allen. Oh, my God. Brock Purdy. Now, remember I took Allen third instead of Herbert, and you were so angry? <laughs> mm-hmm. I was angry at, the, at Scott's goofy pick. He threw off my whole thing. But I guess now we're fine. Um, oh, Geno Smith. Who has Geno? That'd be R.J. Bell. Wow! Oh, damn, three of the top eight. Where's when did when did Fezzik and Scott get somebody? <laughs> <laughs> coming, right, up, so coming up. You had Purdy, uh, Kirk Cousins. I'm on the board. <laughs> there you go. That was like your fourth pick, wasn't My it? My third pick. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Baker Mayfield. Unselected. I thought I had him, and that was my next pick. Russell Wilson. That sounds like a Fez pick. That was Fez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fat guy, Lamar. Fez got Lamar, didn't he? Yep. Okay. That's 12. Trevor Lawrence. That's RJ again. That's my worst. If right. your worst is 13th, you're, you're doing all right. <laughs> Andy Dalton? No one. He, he made QBR from one game? Yeah, early in the season. Doesn't take as many. Joshua Oops. Dobbs, number 15. Jordan Love? That'd be me. All right, McKenzie. It's not bad. Mac Jones? Unselected. Jimmy G? Unselected. Dak Prescott? That'd be me. Right. Wow, Mac is killing it too. Well, no, it's 19. Uh, I mean, all his guys are on the board, though. C.J. Stroud? Unselected. Gardner Minshew? Nope. Derek Carr? That's me. All right, that's good for you. Daniel Jones? That's me. 
<laughs> that's your highest one, though, isn't it? No, that's Kirk a, Kirk that's Kirk the second Kirk highest. Kirk okay. Joe Burrow. That was physics number one. Pick. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill. Uh-huh. Deshaun Watson. Physic. And here comes your revenge, mother. After <laughs> Jalen Hurts, my number one. <laughs> number twenty-seven. Oh, man. All right, and then we got. Was there anyone else picked except yes, for Aaron Rodgers? I took shitty Geno, or uh, not Geno, uh, Justin, Justin Fields. Fields. What were you thinking? I have no idea. But I remember you saying, "Oh, that's a sharp one." He, he, his QBR is going to be good because he runs. And you were oh, zagging. He doesn't even run. He sucks. But we get to drop one, so that's all right. All right, and then no one else except for who had Aaron Rodgers. Me. Oh, you're. This in is trouble. not a good run for you. You're in trouble, bro. Uh, I don't I know who's do? in worse. You or Fez? What am I going to do? I, I I've hurt. only heard Fez name twice. Where's his other people? Who are his people? He's got Russ, Deshaun. That was his last. Oh, Lamar. Now, oh, Joe Burrow. He's got. Okay. Can, can I ask something here? Do, 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 does any of the, the side bets against Aaron Rodgers, are they null and void? This, isn't, hey, this ain't FanDuel, <laughs> Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> I want my under. Refund my bet. Yeah, <laughs> hey, listen. A little later in the show, we're going to have an interview with the guy I went to Steeler get. He does, he does hard money loans. So, <laughs> all right, let's keep rolling. I can't lie. Seeing Jared Goff second made me smile. I, I kind of remembered. I yeah, that's a you, that's a strong team you've got, man. <laughs> all right. Well, my other pick, I would have taken I would have taken Burrow happily. So if Burrow was there, I would have taken him over Trevor. So um, you know, it was luck, luck of the say. draw. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. I tend to get lucky a lot. Though. I just need like twelve guys to get hurt. And I'll be okay. <laughs> well, that's that sounds like a good honest way to think about. it. <laughs> All right. Um, what's the next game? Okay. You want to do the, read them from here, AJ? Yep. I'll take over. The, the next game is uh, your three-weight, the Kansas City Chiefs at the New York Jets. Okay. So, I think Kansas City is an interesting team. Mike Lombardi, friend of the show, says he thinks the third-best defense in the NFL is Kansas City. They've been so much better than I thought they were going to be. But third-best defense in the NFL? I don't I don't. Yeah, San that. Fran won, and, or Cleveland and San Fran won and two, whatever, and then, then third is Kansas City. They are number four um, in dropback and seventh success rate defensively against the run. Now, if that, now if that keeps – and remember, Detroit's not a pushover. They're ninth in DVOA. Yeah, so if, if this is true, and ninth, I can accept that they're like fifth. Because Buffalo, Dallas, like those are still, like Dallas had one bad game. There's still good defenses. Are you really saying Buffalo before Dallas? Buffalo's ahead of Dallas. You're saying DOA? Buffalo before New England? Oh, yes. Oh, you're high. New England's defense is so much better. That's the craziest thing I've heard you say all day. What do you mean? What what does your little stat say? Buffalo's second in DVOA, and they're closer to one than they they are to three. What were they last year? Mm. I think they were first or second last year. They were second. Uh Uh-huh. How'd that turn out? I I don't know, but they were great on defense. I don't know. I don't think they are. I think they run up scores, and these systems embrace that for some reason. Do you think the Buffalo Bills give up more than 24 points to the Dolphins this week, AJ? No. That's a good test. You don't think more than 24? We'll get to that game. Yeah, that's that's, that's a, probably close to the number. It's going to be a R- RJ said something today that, that made me think of a way to attack that Bills game. Okay, well, we'll get to that one. Um, my point is, I think Kansas City is a curious team because I think in some ways they're a little frustrated, and I don't think one week 
solves that frustration over the offense. I mean, this is, in a way, almost an indictment of last year because it was like, and look how good Miami's doing. So they got Tyreek, they let him go, that was a decision, and now all of a sudden it's like they're no good. I feel like they're motivated because the question is always, and with Kansas City especially, you know, when you're a bigger favorite, how motivated are you? I mean, Kansas City hasn't been the type to run it up in, in most games. I feel like the Jets are a team that is still a pedigree team, and I also think there's a na- – so I think the motivation is there. It's not like you're playing a really, really bad team that you're thinking, who cares, right? It's the Jets with a good defense. I mean, I think their D might be a little overrated, but it's still a good D. And if you look at it – and, Mackenzie, maybe you can pull this for me. Who do each of these teams play next week? Because this falls into Chief, Chiefs are at Minnesota next week. Jets, okay. Jets are at the Broncos. Remember that Nathaniel Hackett. Okay, <laughs> that's it. Okay, and so it, it strikes me that as much as the Jets want to win any game right now, that Kansas City is able to focus on this game because Minnesota. I mean, listen, they're decent, but they don't. You know, they don't have. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what's the look headline in that game? I'll grab that one sec. Yeah, I'm interested in that because I think it's going to be over this line is what my guess is, which would be or they they host Kansas City or, or no, they they're host, at Minnesota. They're at Minnesota. Yeah, back to back road. Well, games. That's going to be very interesting to see what this line is. I bet it. I bet it's shorter than the Jets line. I, I bet it's not nine and a half. I don't think it is. I don't know. We'll it see. Can't be. And Minnesota's going to win this week, so that that'll change things. Chiefs minus six and a half at Minnesota. Okay, wow. boy, Minnesota's getting a lot of respect there. They're getting a lot of respect. Okay, interesting. Um, and finally, and this is a big part of it, I think there's a lot of disruption in the Jets. I mean, we got Aaron Rodgers telling the team yeah. what to do. Like, he was there for what, six weeks? Mm-hmm. He, he he said publicly he doesn't like the altercations on the sideline. He doesn't like how uh, they have to grow up, especially on offense, and uh, handle business and not react like they have been. Why doesn't he rehab right now? Shouldn't he be in rehab to get back for this year? Yeah. Isn't he saying he's getting back this year? He said he's, that's his goal. Is anyone put anyone put odds up on it? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. Oh, so week five, Jets are plus three at De- – okay. Wow, so they're saying Denver – boy, I like the Jets there. I think I do too. Is, is that – that's the look ahead? That, yeah. I think I'm going to play that right now or play that tonight because – to me, they're gonna. The Jets will make a, either Wilson has a good game, or, or they change, or they're going to someone next week. As soon as they change, as soon as they make the decision to change, I want to back the Jets. I refuse to. But until I'm saying then. this is a good bet to think that they they are gonna. I mean, can you former see? Bronco Trevor Simeon playing in Denver? Because you <laughs> just said, I mean, your your pick is on Kansas City. Mm-hmm. You expect the Jets to get blown out. The Jets will have reason to make a change, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so if you if you think that but change is coming, but even the look ahead, if if Wilson plays okay, yeah, maybe it hurts his bat, but then in theory, at least the disruption minimizes. Because yep. mm-hmm. to me, maybe a third of the problem is like two thirds of the problem. He's a horrible quarterback, <laughs> but a third of the problem is the reaction to how horrible he is causes. Uh, dissent within the team. Yeah, Garrett Wilson jumping up and down after yeah. running his routes because he's open, and Zach Wilson on a fourth and ten throws a one-yard pass to the tight end. I mean, Sala is seems to be beloved for some reason, like amongst media. He seems like a joke to me. I don't want to say I don't talk that way. He seems is like he he's the joke, or is Nathaniel Hackett the joke? 
Well, all I know is he's saying Aaron Rodgers, I agree with him. And, and then he said Aaron Rodgers is as much coach as he is player. Mm-hmm. I mean, what the hell is that? Can you imagine Belichick saying that? Robert Sala, currently fifth in the odds for first coach to be fired. I just am not impressed by him. I mean, it's your team. What do you think? Uh, he gets he, He's good with the media. Obviously, he runs a very good defense, and fans love that. It's a blue-collar mentality. Uh, but is it a, is it a good is it good coordinating on his part? Or is there just a lot of good talent there on D? I think it's both. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he was successful in San Francisco. You're but right. Then again, it's You're the same right. thing. Like, look at then when he left, they were still successful. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, let me ask you this: If you think of good coaches and good with the media, aren't they inversely correlated? Yes. <laughs> I mean, usually the guys that are loving the you Belichick's know, the greatest, then he's terrible. Yeah. 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 I would make the case hardly anyone that's really good with the media. I mean, Staley's great with the media. Sean McVay? Mm, he might be the exception. He might be the exception. He just, remember, trying to think he of just remembers every play, so just, he just goes through his recall. Rex yeah. Ryan was tremendous with the media. Terrible well, coach. He was a good D.C. Great D.C. Terrible with head coach. With Baltimore, he was real good. So, to me, this is a this is a, I think, the, to me, whenever there's a favor this big, the question is how motivated are they? And I think Kansas City still wants to make a statement, and I think the Jets are uh, in tumult. Here's why I think you're right about them wanting to make a statement. Did they have to run it up like they did against the Bears last week? Like, did they still have to be throwing the ball when they were they were up? They were were saying, hey, don't forget about us. They were having fun, though. And I think this Kelsey stuff focuses them Mm -hmm. because – for a bad team, it would distract them, and you know Andy Reid's going to be extra kind of on point. Now, are you worried about—sorry to interrupt you. you worried no, about no. conspiracy theories? Uh-oh. Sometimes. Okay, because the conspiracy theory is—we saw the ratings for the Chiefs game last week. Okay. Hot, most watched game in the NFL last week, and that's the Taylor Swift effect. Mm-hmm. We have confirmation she will be in attendance. We for, have confirmation. Yes, Sunday Night Football Scott sources. at MetLife Stadium, which means— Are you going to be there? Na- I will not be there. Nationally televised game, Sunday Night Football. It's a boring Jets team now, right? It would have been great with Aaron Rodgers, but now not so much. But the ratings are still going to be high because the camera's going to focus on Taylor. Wants to get him a touchdown? But does the do they want a boring game? Or do they want an entertaining game? Uh, you just said they had the highest rated game of all season last week. Was that a boring game or an entertaining? It was a 31-point no, blowout. because the Chiefs were blowing <laughs> well, them out. Here, here, right, yeah. Here's the question. What do the Swifties want? They want Kelsey to score three touchdowns. Exactly. That helps me. So we play over Kelsey props. <laughs> now, that's interesting. What's going to be interesting is see last week's number versus this week's last number. Last week is 70 and a half. Yeah. So he cashed his anytime touchdown, uh-huh. but he finished with 69 yards because after he scored that touchdown, nice. they took him out of the game. They were winning by so much. Once he got the touchdown, they took him out. Plus, it was 69. Plus, that it was, was 69. Program. So, yeah. It must be love then. <laughs> I just really want to get him the touchdown, you know? <laughs> but he did say he was he was yes. looking to give it to yes. him. Yes. Mahomes said that he felt, they, they asked him if he felt pressured by the Swifties for wanting to get Kelsey a touchdown. And he said, I, I yes, no, they all the, wanted the, him to do score. Do the proper voice. Uh, you know, they wanted him to score, and uh, I felt a little pressure. 71 and a half this week. No, wait a minute. Against a better defense. A, be- a, a much better defense. <laughs> from the from the Bears, 69 and a half. Now the Jets, 71 well, It was and 70 and a half for, against still, the Bears. Okay. It's crazy that it's still more. Let me just get the touchdown. Forget those but, yards. But, but I'll be honest with you. I don't want to bet against that because he. I think they will give him a couple passes at the end of the game. I'm going to bet. I am going to do this. I'm going to do Kelsey to score two touchdowns. Ooh. 
you know he's looking for him if it's a yes. blowout. Listen, but it's two all, touchdowns, RJ wins that, anyway. That, but doesn't all this talk tell you how I think that this it's it's Sunday night? It's not going to be a, a, a lackluster performance, I don't think. I agree. All right, that's it. All right, next one. Next game is Miami at Buffalo. Oh, okay. And this is a cross, the only crossfire of the week. I've been waiting for this one. I was headhunting for you here. <laughs> I knew you were. What's your crossfire record against me? Uh, two and one so far. I don't think so. That can't be. That, in fact, I know that's not the case. Mackenzie, look into that. Well, we know you lost the New England um, Philly. You know what? It's two and one on my best bets. Okay. It's, okay. Two, okay. it's two and two overall because, mm. yeah, you're right. All right. Go ahead. You've got a three-star so or three-weight, so I'll let you decide. go first. Okay. Oh. I'm just waiting. Oh, I don't know. Scott I don't just know picked up a happen. button. All I'm right. very curious. So the line says right, that these are even teams. Miami minus well, two and a half uh, at Buffalo. It's or it says Buffalo's Miami little, might be a little better, right? No, no, no. I mean, you understand the home field now in division is less okay. than two and a half. Yeah. You don't think Buffalo gets two and a half at home? Buffalo is a good – if it was weather, yes, it's not weather. Okay, well, the Bills have won this matchup at home seven straight times and 11 of the last 12. I feel like in division even, they have a good home field advantage against the Dolphins. Or is it that the Dolphins have sucked for, I mean, most of this time? Okay. Um, and plus, now the question is, when were those games played? Last year it was played like week 14. Last year it was December, and it snowed in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And they had a backup quarterback. No, Tua was there. He was there? Yeah, they had the backup quarterback in the playoff Okay, game. okay, okay, thank you. These are the top two teams in DVOA. Bills are fifth in offense. Dolphins are first. Bills are second in defense. Dolphins are 21st. Mm-hmm. These are two elite offenses and one good defense. And my... Rather than bet on the actual game, something you said earlier in the pod makes me want to just but play. Just to be clear, finish your handicap on the pick, oh, and then we can all right, go. yeah. Uh, this is the, the Bills are certainly going to be up the best quarterback they've seen all season, no doubt. I get that. The Dolphins are going against the best defense they've seen by far, and well, well, that's just not true. New England is not a clearly worst. I mean, if you want to say Buffalo's a little bit better, go ahead, but it's not like New we're. Where could New? Where could, what's the worst you could rank New England? Sixth or seventh? That's the worst. DVOA for New England, they're they're eleventh. Okay, that, then listen, I can promise you this. I respect DVOA. If you bet off a of DVOA, you're gonna be. Uh, I don't know. Are, are, so are, I'll just name some teams. Yeah, yeah. Are the Browns better? I'm not sure, but you could make the case. Are the Bills better? I again, I'm not sure about that. But are the Cowboys say, better? Okay, three. Forty ers Yeah, four. Saints. No, not even close. I don't think the Saints are even close to them on day. Eagles? No, not this year. Steelers? No. We just fundamentally disagree on how good the Patriots are. I I, I don't get it. How good do you think the Patriots' defense is? Oh, I'm sorry, offense. Uh, Bad. Bad. Like mid-20s bad. And where where would you think New England is? I mean, if you look at New England, how many teams do you have favored over them on a neutral field? I think New England's probably about like an average team in the okay. NFL. So to be horrible on offense. I think they're above average on defense. Well, then you're not going to be average if you're horrible on offense and above average on I, defense. I, I think probably 10 or 11 is fair. I'm saying, but we just fundamentally disagree. But what I'm saying you won't, you won't address is if you're saying they're like the 27th or 28th best defense, right? Or offense. I don't think they're 27 to 28. I think they're like mid-20s, like 25. Okay, so not 27, but 25. Okay, so 25. And that means they are, what, about 10 slots 
from average, or yeah. worse than average. Wouldn't it make sense you'd be, if you're an average team, you're going to be about 10 slots better than average on the other side? And not to mention, defense is worth less. I mean, like when you wait. So that means that for this average, they're either better on offense or they're like the fourth or fifth best D, which is what I believe. I'm not saying that. Tr- that I'm not saying that's checkmate to you, but it is a compelling case. It's a it's a super compelling case. E- either that, or I just maybe the Patriots aren't as good as I thought they were. Like, but, but everyone agrees. I mean, like I don't see any ratings that they got New England a below average team. Like no one. Where, what do your ratings have them? The, uh, well, these aren't my ratings. Well, the rating, the pregame's ratings. The five metric average has them 16th. Steve Fezzik power ratings 16th. So they, about average. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In fact, we got them 0.1 points better than that, right? Yeah. Actually, we're tied with uh, Washington at 15th, right? Pretty Well, at 0.1.1. Yeah. I say we. like I can't say we for Pittsburgh. I knew it. <laughs> um, but but I, I, I'm not saying, and this is a side conversation, I'm not saying it even invalidates your point, but you got to look a little out of DVOA. That's a great number, but it's a, it's a number, okay. in my opinion. Uh, and then the three matchups last year, the Bills had their way with this with this defense, and it was 450 yards, 455 yards per game last year. The Dolphins averaged 282. Now, you, you do realize this is one of the real dangers of going back years is it's a whole different defense, right? You got the Bills Fangio. and the Dolphins? Yeah, Fangio. Okay. Not, I mean, do you think the Dolphins' the defense is better now? I think they're going to be better. I think they have a better coach. I think have, Has there any been anything you've seen with the Dolphins so far this year that you go, yep, that's an above-average defense? I didn't say above average. I said, better. what was their defense last year? What's DVOA say? Let me find out. <laughs> Be- because, I mean, to me, it's hard to imagine that fan. First of all, when you win 70 to 20, it's hard to even gauge the defense. Yeah. Right? I mean, I don't know. Um, to me, let, let, let me give you my handicap because it's pretty simple. This is probably the best example I've ever seen of the following phenomenon. They say politically— if you go right, that politics is not a, a left or right spectrum, it's a circle. And if you think of the super extremes on the right and the super extremes on the left, they've got more in common than the moderates. So, like, the Nazis were leftists in theory, they were socialists, right? So, are we, but obviously, we don't think, you know, American political left people are Nazis, but, but again, the, um, and then the Nazis now, in hindsight, are supposed to be like an alt-right thing. So it's like extremes double back on themselves. And that's kind of what's interesting about this. The squarest square person in the world is going to like Miami in this game. They're going to say, that mother in Miami put up seven, seven points. Yep. They could have had more. Mm-hmm. All right. So they want to bet that. I'm getting points with a team that scored 70? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Now, what I'll call – the generation after the duct tape shoe guy. So this is the newest generation. And I, well, almost the newest. You know what happens? It's that new generation, and then they get to be like 22. And all of a sudden, there's kids that got a different, like they're on, what site's that? That's, that's not Snapchat. Oh, no, that's the new one. There's a new generation coming out. And one of the guys that I think epitomizes this is a PFF. I can't remember his name right now. He's a young, he's like 22. I think he goes to Michigan. But he is <laughs> Judah. Some kind of Judah is his name. But he he's he thinks about it differently, just differently. And he's heavy math. He's on Miami in this game. And I think it's interesting because 
the, the, the people who I would have said even last week were the, the, cutting, the most cutting edge. I'm not saying they were the best. Like, Doyle Brunson was never the most cutting-edge poker player. Or maybe he was at some point. But for a long time, he got a lot of money over the years. Even when he was in his 70s, he was making the money because he had old— You know, it's like Warren Buffett versus crypto. Mm-hmm. Like, both Warren Buffett and Elon Musk talked about crypto's limitations. And I read a Twitter thread once. I mean, this has been six, seven, eight months ago, in which about 30 people in a row said how dumb Warren Buffett was. Like, that old man doesn't know finance. I mean, it was, like, insane. And, you know, I think to some degree, not saying crypto's worthless, but some of the concerns he had have kind of shown themselves. And I'm no crypto expert. But I do think there's a tendency where if you're the newest ones, you want to be different and you want to kind of be— Like, there's a story that um, Billy Idol—this is wild—was in a band called, I think, the Generation X, I think was the name of the band— and it was a band before he even became Billy Idol, you know, that you would know. I, yeah, check that. And there's a story, like, in 77 that Zeppelin was recording in, in Britain. Is Generation that, X. Okay. And what years did the band go? Uh, they were formed in 76. Okay. So my story fits. Is Billy Idol, uh, Zeppelin, I mean, come on. They were the biggest band in the world. Rolling Stone hated them. But they were beloved by, like, rock, people at rock and roll loved I guess heavy metal, you'd call it. Billy Idol goes, F you guys. So screaming at him in the studio, giving him the finger, spitting like on the glass. Because it didn't matter. It was the old, even though Billy Idol is a pimple on the ass of Led Zeppelin, at the time he was the new kid and that was the old guard. And he, and even though it's Jimmy Page and John Bond, F, F you. Now, to me, there's a tendency to rebel. And what we're seeing now for the first time because think about it, gambling's been legal now. What five years? You know, like uh, in most states, yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or the the prohibition against it was yeah, removed. Yeah. yeah, five years. So what we're saying is, you could have been thirteen when that happened. Now you're eighteen. Now you're in college. So let's say you were fifteen when that happened. Now you're twenty. There's a lot of twenty year olds that know a lot of statistics. You know, if you're at Carnegie Mellon right now, you're learning a lot of math. There was a whole new generation coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is the first game that I've seen where you've got the square balls on Miami. You've got the minus one, we'll call, new cut or edge, which is now they're one behind. So it's the next uh, most cutting edge that's been around for like three years, four years. They emerge. You first heard of them. They're all on Buffalo because it's like, don't get all caught up. On that one game, look at my look at my ratings. My ratings say this should uh, Buffalo's one and a half points better. Last year, Buffalo was a seven point favorite in December. What's changed? <laughs> and and here's the question: Is they all those ratings are stuck or all built on their priors? There's no way you can tell me this year that Miami. If all you knew was this year, if you came in saying the teams got swapped out, you don't even know who was on whose team last year. Miami's the better team this year. I disagree with that. How in the fuck would you think world? otherwise? Because their defense You're is insane. no good. You're insane. Okay, they're, they're a better offense, but they're not a better defense. Look at their scores. I don't want your assessment of their defense and offense. Of, Look at their scores. Do you know who's had more scoring margin the last two weeks, Buffalo or Miami? It's Buffalo. Because look who they've played. I mean, Miami played, played Denver. Well, first of all, Denver entered the year as an average team. I mean, I'm not sure Denver's much worse. Denver was just laying three and a half to Washington. And, 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 and they, they, let, was, they let Washington put up 37 on them. Okay, but 
obviously there's been some re- but now you're acting like every single game is going to swing power ratings by three points. What we're saying is Denver is laying three and a half on the road right now, right? Yes. Okay, or three, three and a half. So it's like Denver's not a horrible team. But either way, who has Buffalo played? They play the Jets? Jets, Raiders, Commanders. I mean, is one of those teams even even in the top 20? Sam Howell, Zach Wilson, no. Jimmy Garoppolo. So they haven't played one team in the top 20? No. And you're so sure. And they, they've lost a game. Mm-hmm. And they're clearly better than the undefeated team that's had a tougher schedule. Yes. I mean, it's uh, RJ. You were against the Jets or against the Bills last week. You were against the Bills the week before. Uh, like what? I mean, I, I mean, what are we bringing? I'm, I'm confused right now. I'm asking, when are you going to get over that the Bills are better than what you what you think they are? I don't think they are. But you thought they weren't better. You no. thought they weren't better than five well, and a half against realize, the Raiders. You do realize that. You do realize that the mark. I mean, you do realize the team that's getting bet down. The second most in the entire league is Buffalo, right? By the guys betting 100000 a crack. So me and them are on one side. You're on the other. There's a chance you're right. But let's not act like the result in the Washington game was the driver of that. Because let's be honest, that was a, a game that was – it could have went either – the game couldn't have went either way. Even though pregame – who does the pregame model have should have won that game? We okay? had Washington by a quarter point. <laughs> Kevin Cole had it as a six-point game, pretty stark from the thirty-one, what thirty-three. And that's point that's a valid point. That that at six is probably right. It was like a six-point game. That's the way the stat. Now, did you watch the game? I did. Did it feel like? Did it feel? It like, felt like Washington never had a chance. And and it felt like. But when you see like an interception or something, you think that's good play. Like like that's how you think. That's how can't uh, most most of what negative happened. For the the commanders, I felt like was self inflicted wounds. I felt like with those picks, I was like, that's just because Sam Howell stinks. It wasn't like the Bills made some great plays on the ball or something. It it, it was Sam Howell gave the ball away many times. I think there's a, in the match. Here's what I'm saying. So I've never heard Scott go that strong against you. So the idea <laughs> the idea this year that that you think the Buffaloes played better. You find that absurd, too. I right? find that absurd. Miami looks like the best team in the NFL. Yeah, I agree. That They look like that. They look like it, yes. And I, it's not just off of one performance, not just off of the one week. This is the culmination of three weeks of Miami have, Miami, p- pretty much dominating. I have two um, handicapping that's specific to the teams here. Buffalo, there's two ways to look at pressure. First way is how, many, how much pressure, how often do you get pressure on a quarterback? And that's an important stat. That's most people use that. But then there's something called quick pressure, which is how often you get pressure two and a half seconds or less. Because that's something, even if the quarterback's trying to get the ball out fast, you can get you can be disruptive if you get in there within two and a half. The Bills have one of the best pressure rates in the NFL where they get pressure. They have one of the worst quick pressure rates. The Bills get pressure with a second, you know, a second blitz. Or however, I'm not going to be an X's and O's guy trying to explain it, but they get pressure after two and a half seconds as well as anyone. Tua just doesn't hold the ball that long. So I have a feeling, one, the type of pre- – and where is Buffalo slow? In the middle. Buffalo at safety is old and slow at this point. I mean, you would have to agree with that, right? I do, but Buffalo's also very smart. I know. I, at safety, I, I, the, the 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 savvy slow veteran. I'll take it. All right, is um, the second thing and final thing that makes me like Miami here is this is kind of a combo of two things. What does McDaniel's have in his back pocket? 
we know this guy's a mad genius, but was he thinking, I got to show this to, you know, when, when I beat Denver is when I'm going to show my real stuff. No. He, 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 showed, he specifically showed some stuff to New England that was different, right, I'm sure. And I'm, I'm guessing he's got three or four little tricks up his sleeve. The play that they ran that everyone was like, wow, against uh, Denver was when Tua dropped back and they had a fake reverse mm-hmm. to Tyreek Hill. And because he's a lefty, the way that he dropped back, it looked like he was going to hand it off with his left hand to Tyreek Hill but he shovel passed it with his right hand uh, okay. to the running back, HN, who you walked his right hand. His dominant hand is his right hand. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was, everyone was like, wow, what a play. It's like a new wrinkle off of that Chiefs, Kelsey, you know, that underhand that Mahomes does. It was like a new wrinkle of well, that. Well, this motion they're putting him in, yeah. they're saying is truly innovative. I don't know enough to understand it, you know, how it is. But I got a feeling, and we got a Sean McDermott that hasn't coordinated a defense for a long time. I think he, back when he coordinated, this stuff wasn't happening. I got a feeling it was a huge coaching. Mm-hmm. Now that's that, the thing that if you look at last year's performance, um, and I, I was looking at that game in December because, yes, Buffalo was a seven-point favorite, but there was snow involved, and it snowed in the fourth quarter, and that's where Buffalo really came on. Miami was winning that game. Buffalo scored on the final play of the first half. To, to extend their lead. And then they scored on the final two possessions of the game to win and not cover. Miami was winning in that fourth quarter. Maybe the snow affected mm-hmm. them. Maybe they, I think they played very well. I yes, mean, but, but, all things considered. Yes, again. But a lot of the things that you can look at, the way that the um, Bills approached the Dolphins defensively, well, how much of that was Leslie Frazier? And now he's gone. So how does McDermott approach them defensively? Yeah, I agree. Then holding the dolphin, the bill, the dolphins holding the Bills to thirty-two. Then you just say, "Well, yeah. how, can Fangio do that?" Like coaches change. Sure. Yeah. yeah, but in one case it was an improvement, and the other case <laughs> it's a downgrade. I mean, Sean McDermott as a head coach shouldn't be. If he's coordinating, it's, he's not going to be a great coordinator. He might be a great coordinator if that's all he did. Everybody says that, but so far the Bills defense has given up twenty-two points through three games. Yeah, that feels it, like it's pretty good. It's pretty good when you're playing all below average. T- I mean, it's, it's Wilson, the guy. All, all everybody was doing was sucking the commanders off about how great their offense looked. And they, they had to kick what? a pity field goal at the end to even get on the board. You sound, you sound like a fanboy. It, 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 it really, I mean, they have played the number, I, I 28 quarter, the number 28 quarterback, the number 34 quarterback, and the number 18 quarterback. What was the 18? Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, but that's a generous grade there. Yeah. Um. My last thing is this. I think there's a 20% chance that the Dolphins win by 30. I mean, what I'm saying is I believe, maybe that's a little high, I believe that there's a chance Miami's doing something schematically the whole league. It'll be like we'll look back at the end and say, oh, that was at Miami the first year they were running that, whatever it ends up being named. Because I'm not sure they've been challenged yet. I mean, when you really think about it, I mean, now, again, Belichick is a genius. He's the one genius walking the sidelines of the NFL, and he had troubles. I mean, he, he couldn't beat him. He, what did he hold him for? 24. What was it? 24. 24. I mean, and people were rave After that game, they were saying, I can't believe that Belichick held him <laughs> down. I mean, that's what they were saying. Like, it was the best thing that ever happened. It's like 24. That's a lot. You know, I don't know. I think there's a real chance that this is that, that we're looking at the old guard versus the new guard. And the handicappers that are the newest new 
say Miami's the best offense of the last 10 years, and this is a different thing that we don't even know how to understand. It. I think their offense may be the, ba- the best of the last 10 years. I don't, I don't disagree with that. Mm-hmm. I think their defense is well below average. And if they lost a coin flip game to the Chargers right now, no one would be talking about them as the best team in the NFL. And if the Bills hadn't lost a coin flip game to the Jets in overtime. But the, first of all, the Chargers were at home in that game. You're supposed to win. If you're even supposed to be uh, competing for the playoffs, you're supposed to win your home game. Dolphins outgained them by over. Aren't the Chargers like an average team? I mean, if that's the case, then the market, I mean, the fact that the Dolphins were getting three in that game says it was the best bet in the history of mankind. Okay. I mean, I I personally probably think the Chargers are about average, but again, it, but if if the if the Chargers had won that game, would you think the Dolphins are the best well, team in the have league? The, they'd have the same record as Buffalo. But would you think you they think, were the best team in the think, league? I, I, I don't think Buffalo is the best I team would, in the league. I can't ignore losses like you can, but I mean, I I would still think that they're impressive on offense. But I don't even feel like it was all that close. Um, Ooh, McKenzie just working hard to upend AJ's self confidence. That's all right. Buffalo versus good offenses, 14 and 22. Buffalo versus bad offenses, which you mean the three games they played this year? I didn't include this year because I'm going by end of the season offensive DVO. So they'd be 36 and 16. Okay. Huh. Huh. I think. Can we do the same for Miami? What what do you want to do? Good Good offenses versus bad bad offenses, right? See how yeah. Miami does when the other team's actually scoring? Yeah. How's this sound? I'll bet you right now. Let's see. So it's minus. How many years was this, McKenzie, from 18? Okay. Five years. Uh, so let's look at the same period. Yeah. And they're, what, minus eight games? I bet I'll go that they're not minus uh, five. I'll give you. I'll spot you three. No. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just curious. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Take a look, McKenzie, for him. Sure. What uh, do you think of the, the trend here? So being a 3-0 and team and being an underdog is rare. Mm-hmm. Since 2012, looking at our database, those it's only happened 11 times. And those teams are 3-7-1 and ATS. We're talking about the teams that are the underdogs in that role. And, so a 3-0 and yeah. team that is an underdog in week four, they are 3-7-1 and against the spread since 2012, and the, the margin is minus 3.55. Now, this is the classic. This is almost like the home team or the, the, the ranked team getting points. Yeah, against yeah. the unranked team. Because, yeah, because, yeah. There, because there's something sucking in the public, mm-hmm. and it's deceiving. That's where this game sets up. The squares are supposed to be playing Miami. I think there's another level that doubles back. And, again, I'm not saying – I would say more sharp, perceived sharp people are going to be on Buffalo than Miami. I think this is a rare case where that they're probably on the wrong side. I think. By the way, real quick, Tua, he's 2.24 seconds to throw this year. That's the fastest. Uh, last year, the number one was Brady, 2.3. So, you know, two is as fast as anyone's been in the last couple of years. I do think that helps against that. The Bills have a certain type of pressure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any closing thoughts? Nope. I thought that was a good discussion. I've gone back and forth on this game. It was on my card. It, uh, uh, Who were you on, Miami? Both. <laughs> RJ, I'm not even kidding. You can ask McKenzie. I walked in. I was like, I'm on the Bills. This is great. And then I was like, I'm on the Dolphins. And then I go <laughs> into and then I go into AJ's office. And I'm like, I think I'm going to be on the Bills. <laughs> I was like, Come on in, brother. <laughs> I went back and forth on this game, and ultimately I decided to just scratch it off my card. That's and the beauty. Stay away. That's the, now I've got one stat here that is going to back AJ up. I don't listen. I just give you the facts. I like that. So I did a study. I said, all right, I want to look at coaches, and I want to look at game two through five because I figure game one's by itself, and it's kind of its own thing. 
and I want to go one week past where we are. So a little envelope of early season. And I said, all right, what's your um, average uh, ATS margin is what I really cared about. Now, if you look at ATS margin mid-year, it's fascinating because here's all the longtime coaches, and look how good they do. Andy Reid is up 1.2 points during this period against the spread now. Bill Belichick up 2.8. Uh, why does Dan Campbell say 2015? Did he did he head coach like? Yeah, he was interim, I believe, in Miami. Okay, that's interesting. Wow, it caught that. Okay. Dennis Allen. Um, it, well, let's just say this. Most of the coaches who are around for a long time have a, a green positive number here, which goes to show you it's survivor bias sure. where, hey, if you're no good, you're gone, and only people left are good, and they keep trying to find someone else that's good <laughs> until they get old, and then they go bad, then they get fired. So um, the only longer-time coaches that really have done badly here is, is one is Dennis Allen's down about four points against the spread each game. So, I mean, I, I think the Saints in general, I don't love this time of year. Um, and then if we keep looking, uh, and there's, listen, there's guys with one or two years, like Eberflus is down six points, but it's like, okay, it's been two years. But here's the best pro number. Sean McDermott is almost nine points a game of ATS wow. margin in – Week two through five, 8.8 points. Uh, his average over the whole season is 2.1. So he's uh, six and a half points better. Oh, wow. At this average point. I was going to say, like, because uh, my thought was, I, I've mentioned this a couple times, the Bills, they just beat up on bad teams. That's what they do is they, they run up the score on bad teams. So why would that affect? But you're right. But like seeing it just in that envelope, like you said, being so different from the rest of it is surprising. Yeah. So whatever he's doing, it works better early in the year. And as you can see, like even Belichick, 2.8. I mean, if you're around for a long time, it's hard. The next, like, it's not even a long time. Um, Stefanski's 3.7 and actually is a pretty good number, even though it's like four years. Um, now, the other thing, so the real takeaway here is, you you know, the Bills in this case, is it's pro that, and it will be next week too. But then if you look at the over-under margin and say, okay, who's got interesting numbers there? Staley's way over, but you know what? It hasn't been enough years. Um, let's see here. Frank Reich is under, but he starts seasons kind of, well, I don't know, but that's under. But then um, Stefanski, 7.6 points. Is is what's interesting here is towards the over under margin, almost eight points. He's over, but if you look, it's broken down. He scores about five and a half more points, and they give up about two points more. So I was looking Browns over, but I've actually heard some serious people like the under in that game. So I'm staying away from that one. And then finally, Mike McDaniel. But again, he's just running up in a lot of spots. But uh, it's only two years, but he's over ten points a game over under margin. But go ahead. Um, the the thing you talked about earlier, where you said, "Is there some some way for you to attack a game other than mm. just a spread?" I'll probably just play the Bills team total over because I, I that way the Dolphins can score a million points and the Bills will still be in it because I I do think the advantage the Bills have in this game is their offense against Miami's defense. What I would do if I was you, I'd put half and half because here's the way: if the Miami comes out like gangbusters. And Buffalo's in chase mode. Buffalo is going to get their points. Right. Right. I mean, Josh Allen's too talented. He'll run. He'll do whatever it takes. Now, 
if the Bills take the lead and they're not, they maybe they go under their win, their their total, but they win the game. I think the idea that Miami scores enough points to cover, but Buffalo doesn't score enough points to go over theirs. That's the hardest. Almost impossible. No, I don't want to say that, but like it's the hardest in, to imagine. Yeah, you in theory, there's going to be some, you know, the quartiles of that. I think that one actually has where it'd be hard to lose both bets and easier to win both bets. Yeah. Because, I mean, if, my, if, if Buffalo wins 45 to 20, you win both back. Yeah. I forgot which game you said about that earlier, but in my mind, as soon as you said it, I was like, oh. That, yeah, so, so that was in the uh, Atlanta under. Yeah. Right? Yep. And, and I think this is good, but I think you split this okay. one. Because I could see a 28, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly. I mean, you can figure it out. But I could see them winning the game 28-27 or something. And, and again, that I, I guess that's the question is I – I think you protect yourself against a Miami gangbusters in okay. that case. All right, good stuff. I like that. All right, so next game. Let's go. Uh, we'll go to my three weight. We'll go to the Chargers against the Raiders. All right. Uh, so the Chargers right now laying five and a half. And to me, if Jimmy Garoppolo does not play in this game, it is a free roll for the Chargers. Because right now, this line is at five and a half. If you find out that Brian Hoyer is the starting quarterback or Aiden O'Connell, the rookie, money's going to come in on the Chargers. This line is going right, to change. So are we sure? But here's the question. Are we sh- look at? We can look at Fezzik's. We can look at ours. What does the power rating say this number should be? All right. So Fezzik has right now the Chargers at .5 better than an average team. And the Raiders. That's generous. I think, <laughs> and he's got the Raiders minus three. Which right. means on a neutral, it should be two and a half in favor of the Chargers. It's three and a half, right? Uh, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, three and a half. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So three and a half, mm-hmm. and this game is five and a half. And the Chargers and don't get two and for the Chargers, home field. Yeah. yeah, they shouldn't. If anything, it's more of a Raiders. There's, I think this is half built in that Jimmy G won't play. Sure, but I still think the line moves if he doesn't play. Yeah, if he doesn't yeah, play. Yeah. I think it moves either way. Yes, it goes down a little bit if, mm-hmm. if he, um, or it goes down a little bit if he plays. It mm-hmm. goes, but I don't. My gut feeling is it's more towards him. It actually seems more towards him playing, and I don't think the. I think the odds are less than fifty percent. Well, he hasn't practiced yet, and like I said, part of the new concussion protocol is you practice fully non-contact, and then you have to test to see if you have symptoms mm-hmm. after before the get clearance from an independent neurologist, and that's how they determine if you can play after a concussion. Um, I think that. What we saw from Josh McDaniels last week with the whole decision to kick the field goal on fourth, all the scrutiny that he has received after that game, I think is going to lead to some stupid decisions in this game. I think he's going to be aggressive. It could just be his stupidity leading to stupidity. No, I think he's going to go for it instead of taking points. And I think he's going to go for it and say, and then it's a way of him almost clapping back at everybody who criticized him for taking points. And I think that it, when you miss those fourth down conversions, when you miss that, it opens the door up for this game to, I think, get out of hand. Uh, so I think there's two points to that quickly is some would say he doesn't, he's not aggressive enough. Mm-hmm. So if all the criticism leads him to be more aggressive, it might be a good thing. But, but I think that I agree with you generally, the fact we're talking about it, means it's a distraction. Yes. And you combine the linemen of theirs that's been off the reservoir, or I guess that's not Chandler Jones. Jones. Chandler Jones. Mm-hmm. Is, it feels like there's a lot of re- – if you have a problem with him, the head coach, McDaniels, you have ample opportunity now to be expressing it. 
and if you were on that team. Because remember, uh, Derek Carr was beloved, and he got run off. This is the Belichick. He was Mr. Raider. Yeah, so to me, I think that there's probably some back talking in the locker room, and I can't be good. That yeah. can't, I mean, I think distraction makes sense here. And I think that the Chargers defense can really get after Jimmy Garoppolo, and with every hit – especially for a guy who's coming out of a concussion protocol, is going to impact him. He was sacked four times in the loss last week. Uh, he threw uh, – he's got six interceptions, which leads the league. So Jimmy's turning the football over. Who's the backup? Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer. First-team reps. Yeah. And, and, and Josh Jacobs has not gotten going yet. And I don't know if he's going to get going against the Chargers defense. So I, I think that the Chargers – this again, it's a high number. I was I was a little cautious about this high number, but I think that I'm getting a free roll here if Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't play in this game, and if he does play in this game, I'm still confident in the Chargers winning this. Uh, what you've got here is you've got two bad coaches, two bad defenses, and one offense that you can trust, and that's the Chargers. They did get some bad news with Mike Williams. Torn ACL, done for the season. Yes, and I, I do. Um, I am worried about that because historically, with uh, Justin Herbert playing without Mike Williams, it has not been good. That said, this is what they drafted Quentin Johnston for. Mm-hmm. Like this is the, this was the supposed to be the long term replacement for Mike Williams. Yes. Whether or not he can do it now, I don't know. The good news for the Chargers' offense is Austin Eckler was back at practice today, mm-hmm. and they their running game was non-existent in the two weeks he was gone. I mean, it was like literally a yard and a half per carry for Josh Kelly. He stinks. They need Austin Eckler back out there. So if if he can play, that's a bonus. But if it's a – my one concern about this is every Chargers game is a coin flip game. They're like the Vikings. And you're, you're down to like, do they win by three? Do they lose by three? Do they win by four or lose by four? That scares me when you're laying five and a half. Yeah, and you know it's could also be the whole. Uh, remember Fez with the if you lose your first home game, how motivated are yep. you to win your next home game? This is a team that dropped their first home game in that close one to the Dolphins, and I think when you have a situation like they're going to have, where the crowd is going to be against them in their own home yeah. building, it's almost motivating for the home players. I think the Chargers are actually going to play with a chip on their shoulder because of the amount of Raiders fans that are going to be in the building. Well, that'll be different from the Raiders last week where the Steelers had more fans in the building, which is (laughs) kind of odd. The Raiders have a better home field advantage in L.A. than they do in Vegas. Uh, But this is another one of those games. The Raiders are 29th in DVOA against the pass. If I can attack this game some way other than the spread and I don't have to worry about the Chargers being in a, a three-point game one way or the other, like it feels like you every single week that's what the Chargers are, a coin flip game. And it's, I, it's, a, it's a weighted coin. Yeah. I, this way I can just say the Chargers are going to score a bunch of points. I know who's playing quarterback for the Chargers. I've got no idea what's mm-hmm. happening with the Raiders. So this may just be a team total on the Chargers for me. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to get out of get after it too thinking the Chargers will score. Yeah. But again, I'm not – again, look, if we get a report that Jimmy G does play, do I feel a little less confident? Probably. But like I said, he leads the league in interceptions. So maybe I'm not – Assuming it goes down to three and a half, would you be less confident? Well, yes. If it goes down to three and a half, I don't think it goes that far down. Remember, those aren't key numbers between five and a half. I mean, I think that's about where it goes because it won't go to Mm -hmm. three. I I think RJ's right. I think it would go five and a half to three and a half. I mean, that's the question is are we handicapping the, are you handicapping the likelihood that he plays or doesn't play? Or are you handicapping if he doesn't play, how bad the backup is? 
different ways to think about this. Or are you thinking, I like this game regardless. I just want to get the right number. Well, let me ask you. If a guy doesn't practice on Wednesday for a game that's on Sunday and he hasn't cleared the concussion protocol yet, how confident are you that he's going to play? Well, like I said, I don't think anyone has cleared yeah. it this year when they got hurt in the, in, in the prior game. And, and I didn't know even, that. That's, he, kind of, that's news to me. So and that, remember, he didn't even leave the game mm-hmm. with a concussion. They found out after the game. So that means that after the game was over, he was in the locker room going, you know what, let me go see the doc. And the doc was like, yeah, you got a concussion, bro. Like maybe it was that bad decision. Yeah. No, you know what it was? They it's like uh, you share pains with your wife. That's him and Josh McDaniels. They were both concussed somehow in this game, uh, making concussed decisions. Uh, but, I, but I almost think that that's worse when you find out after the game as opposed to during the game because that means he played however many plays and snaps and getting hit and sacked and throwing. With a concussion. I heard he went into the locker room and was like, great win, guys. Yeah. And they were like, hey, we need to get you checked out. <laughs> All right. If I had more energy, I'd be. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next game. All right, last game, and we'll let you get out of here. Oh, oh we know we're going to keep you I'm, for two more. We need you to talk about five. the Steelers. Uh, RJ, your two-weight game, New Orleans and Tampa. Also, and this Fez's is Fez's two-weight, two-weight game. I think they're going to win by more than the spread. All right, moving on. We have. <laughs> Why don't you guys give your analysis? I'll counterpunch because I'm chewing on a candy bar. All right, uh, I'm on the. I, I don't really have a feel on this game. I think there's a lot of questions about the Saints in regards to Derek Carr. I I don't think I expect him to play. It's Jameis Winston against the his Sa- former team. Come the on. Saints signed Jake Luton because Jake Hayner's still suspended, which tells me they needed a backup for Winston. They get Kamara back this week. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's got to drive some optimism. But how many snaps is he going to play? My concern is Jameis is a favorite, is historically bad. Uh, Dennis Allen is a favorite, is 4-10 ATS. Jameis, 8-19-1 is a favorite. So two, a coach and a quarterback that both do bad as favorites. Allen in, in division, 1-6 ATS. I want to be against the, the Bucks because I got suckered in, and I think I started to believe the Bucks were better than what I thought in the preseason, mm-hmm. and they're just not. And I got suckered last week, and I feel really dumb about it. I don't want to catch myself overreacting to that one data point like I overreacted to the first two on Tampa. So this game's just a pass for me. Well, the Saints' defense is legit. And it's now going on 11 consecutive games where they have held their opponents under 21 points. And I know that they lost last week when holding their opponent under 21 points, but... Once Derek Carr left the game, the Saints had no confidence in their offense moving the football down the field. But I think if they hold the Bucs to under three touchdowns in this game, they got a real, real good shot of winning it. And I'm confident that they do win and cover it if they do hold Tampa like they've been holding everybody else down. And haven't they owned Tampa? I know it was the Tom Brady Tampa. They've owned Tampa over the past couple of years. And one thing I like about the Saints – is RJ talked about the different kinds of pressure and the Saints get natural pressure, meaning they they don't need to send blitzers. They, they and the key to to beating Baker Mayfield is what it's always been. If you can pressure Baker Mayfield with your front four, you're going to beat Baker Mayfield. If you can't, Baker Mayfield's probably going to pick you apart. The Saints are built to to beat Baker Mayfield. So I think good good analysis from you guys. I think some of this a, a chunk of it is the line value. So that was what I was going to mention next. Yeah. No, I mean, you, <laughs> what do you see as the current market, Mackenzie? I'd say right in between minus three point two five. 
All right, so we're we're getting ten cents of value is what you're saying, because uh, yeah. twenty, yeah, so this, more, yeah. I mean, this is like the you know difference between six and five. So right, you know, even a little bit more maybe. So th- this is an example of okay, now we only got to get if we got to get let's say two points of value to feel like you got a good pick or like a fifty five percent. Well, we are halfway there, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think Winston when he. What does it say when a player is bad as a favorite, a quarterback? It means that he takes teams for granted. I don't think when you get a spot start like this, you're. Ta- I mean, if he if he gets hot and 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 let's say it's three or four games throughout this year, he plays well. If Carr's in and out with he's injury, a starter next year. he's a starter somewhere next year, and yeah. it's it's a, it's eighteen million dollars or whatever. I mean, twenty two million. I mean, he's not going to take this game for granted. So I think that's that. I'm not as worried about. But I, I think Tampa was exposed. I mean, think of who Tampa played, right? I mean, that wasn't, though, statistically. Well, let's think of the Tampa offense, first of all. They played Minnesota. I don't think Minnesota's a bad team. I think they're a horrible off defense. A defense, yeah. And then the next week they played. The Bears, terrible defense. The worst defense, one of the worst in the league. Mm-hmm. And then they went against Philly, and it didn't feel like. Okay. Well, I was going to say, those two games against the Vikings and the Bears, if I told you that they put up. 23 points per game in those two games like it's not like you'd go wow you'd say oh that's probably underwhelming against those two defenses uh, uh, yeah but the fact they won the game covers it up yeah so and, and I think the last thing that makes sure the motivation is here one they just lost the game so you know they're mad that they should have won I mean you know listen it was a perfect game for me because like I said on Monday is um I've got over Green Bay on the season me and Fads do and I had the Saints plus two <laughs> on the Super Contest, so this was a perfect, like, right? There was one number to land on. Yeah. So I was happy about it. Um, well, you got, what is it, Lattimore, the cornerback, and against Evans, this is like the, the am I thinking the right name yep, there? Yep, that's right. So what you know is you're going to have that that defense fired up because they don't they don't like Evans. Lattimore's owned that matchup, by the way. Yeah, so I, I just think it's the better. I mean, to me, I got the better team motivated. If it is going to be um, Jameis, I heard he got LASIK. Oh wait, that was <laughs> it, it. Is it doesn't? I'd rather have Carr if he were 100. percent But this line wouldn't be what it is if it was. Yes, but also let's – like, Jameis Winston didn't play poorly last week. 10 of 16 passing for 101 yards. It's just they were conservative and they were just – they were playing with a lead. It took a miracle – almost a miracle for Green Bay to come back. And let's be candid. This is a New Orleans team that you have as, you know, a big over back because of their schedule. They haven't disappointed. No. They should be 3-0, but they're 2-1, you're fine. And Tampa's a little better on D than we thought. But Tampa, the conversation was, are they going to give a top five pick? The Saints is, is it a wild long shot to pick the Saints to have the best record in the NFC? Mm-hmm. Like That was the thing people were saying. Maybe number one seed bat because their schedule is so freaking easy. The fact that this line's three right now, it kind of tells you how has that, how has that gotten to the Saints being just one yeah. increment better. Again, 11 straight games they have held their opponents to under 21. I look back to last year. Uh, Jameis had three starts last season. Mm-hmm. Two of them he was favored. Uh, he was minus two at Carolina. They lost that game 22-14. They were minus five and a half at Atlanta, and they won that game by one. So he was 0-2 ATS last year as a favorite. I tell you, I want those magic 
last year's box scores. <laughs> no, I hear you. It's noteworthy. I mean, I just don't. The Saints, the D. I mean, the Saints just. The Saints felt like a team on the the downward side of the mountain. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, and I think the reason is simple. This defense is shockingly good. I mean, yeah. everyone thought this defense was getting old. And it feels like it's be- as good as it's been. Yeah, I agree with that. And I don't know if that's a quirk or, you know, if that's just a short period. But, you know, it was a – it was a uh, was that my two? Two weight? Yeah, because my yep. one weight was against you on Buffalo. All right, we got one more game for me, right? Yeah, one more <sighs> game for you. And it is Pittsburgh at Houston. It's Scott's two weight. It's Fez's four weight. Ooh. Yes, on and, Houston. And we'll have something from Essler as well. But it's all uh, right. they're, all on, they're all on the Texans, RJ. They're all against you. The Astler. Astler helped me win money against you. I know. <laughs> I, know uh, I, I just think the Texans, after that win last week, are playing with confidence. D'Amico Ryans has this team fired up. And if you wanted to redo the NFL draft right now, there's no argument that C.J. Stroud is the number one overall pick. Way ahead of Bryce well, Young. I, I think there is an argument that C.J. Stroud is the number one overall pick. I, I think there's two I think there's two contingents on this. The one that's quick to change agrees with you. Mm-hmm. There's some that would wait till year three to change. I mean, there's still people saying they don't know if, um, if 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 Sam Darnold is good. You know, that crowd is still on their 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 prior. I, I wish think. the Jets still had. I think there's some people who think Will Anderson should be the number one pick. <laughs> he's been great too. That blocked field goal. Yeah, he's he's awesome. Uh, but I think the Texans are playing with confidence, home in this game, and dogs feeling a little disrespected coming off the win last week. And C.J. Stroud, you meant how good I mentioned how good he's been playing. He has not thrown an interception yet this season. I'm glad I just jinxed him. Uh, it's the most pass attempts without an interception to start a season for a rookie all time. That's how good he has been. And he's thrown for over 900 yards. He joins. So he's only, not super conservative either. Yeah. He's thrown for over 900 yards, joining only Cam Newton and Justin Herbert as the only players in NFL history to throw for over 900 yards. Four touchdowns, no interceptions in their first three starts. So it looks like he's in a group of stats that don't mean a lot and no Super Bowls. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, and, and then you have, you know, McKenzie ran this uh, query earlier about Mike Tomlin as uh, a road favorite. And McKenzie, do you have those numbers on Tomlin as a road favorite? Because they're not friendly to your boy, Tomlin, RJ. Not good. What is that? 19 and 35 against the spread when he's a, th- a three or higher favorite on the road. Right. Yeah. Well, first off, let's be clear. I'm probably like what? 70% picking on or against the Steelers <laughs> in the last five years. Mackenzie, you've been around for most of that. I can attest. Yeah. So I don't like him here, I, but here's why I don't like Houston. One, you could make the point. This has been one game. Yeah. That, that as much as Stroud has some of those numbers that will extend back to game one and game two, they, he wasn't real good in game one. They they were a 10-point underdog, and they lost by whatever it was, 19 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he got crushed against Indianapolis in game two, right? So, to some degree, there was a lot of times they were trailing the game. He was playing catch-up. It's easy to—it's easier, right? In this game, it was really good. So, now the question is, is, it, is that the one game, you know? And— Again, I think we got a lot of one-game scenarios here. Deshaun Watson, I don't, and I'm saying this with no judgment, well, little judgment, but you are one to change your mind quick. So Deshaun Watson, oh, look, he's good. I'm, I'm on, et cetera, et cetera. 
I'm not super slow with it, but I'm in the middle, I think. So I think you're on some if, – if the direction things are going is right, you're going to have a great week. I think there's some real questions, mm-hmm. though. I worry just about Pittsburgh in general as a favorite because that means they're going to have to score. And There's real issues with this <sighs> offense. I mean, Matt Canada is getting – He's getting heat from all sides here because of the play calling and their unwillingness to, to throw the ball down the field. They can't run the ball lick at all. I mean, they are so one-dimensional. They're the worst rushing offense in the NFL. I've just never seen a Pittsburgh Steelers football team that is well, bad you run. You haven't seen any without Big Ben. Bad running the ball and bad against the run. Like, is, like when well, you grew first up, off, how- First of all, the defense is really good. If you take out Cam Hayward who is at the center of that team, and you're still having good defense. I mean, they just – let's be candid. They just beat the Browns, and they just beat the Raiders on the road. It's like the team's doing well. All the stats – I mean, the stats are – if it was just stats, we could just stack rank them and say those are the best teams. Now, I know the stats – I'm not saying they don't mean anything. I'm saying this is not a bad defense. I don't think they're a bad defense. I just think they're, they're a bad run defense. Well, it doesn't. I mean, at least without Cam Hayward. Uh, well, for sure without Cam Hayward. But I, I'm saying they still. I mean, how'd the Browns do on offense against them? Not too not, good. Not good. <laughs> I mean, we scored mm-hmm. more than they scored. Just, I mean, so to some degree, this is a gutsy team. It's just this feels like a flat spot. What's I mean, to be candid, yeah. that's what this is to me. It's a flat mm-hmm. spot. Yeah, and you're coming off Sunday night in Vegas, and now you have to go to Houston. Double, you know, back-to-back road games. Tomlin has not had success with the Steelers in back-to-back road games. He's three and seven since 2018. Three and seven ATS on the second leg of a you know back-to-back road games. And looking at our five metric average, we have Houston the better team. And now I'm getting three points at home with the better team who's fired up after their first win and it's their first time being in front of their home fans after getting that first win. I know the Steelers travel well, but they all went to Vegas, those uh, fans, last weekend. In Houston, they're going to be they're gonna rally around this team this week. When you say we've got them as the better team, that concerns me because I, I don't think the Texans are better than the Steelers. They're not. Well, remember now, th- this, uh, this power rating doesn't have priors in it. So this is saying what ha- it's a different kind of rating as in saying what happened on the field in three games in these games they uh, okay. this team is this okay we got a pick from Esler but first real quick McKenzie came up Tomlin back to back road games in his career eighteen and twenty two against the spread down about two and a third points two point three six so not the perfect spot for Pittsburgh Dave Esler says f the Steelers. He's got Houston plus three. Let's listen. I'm betting the Houston Texans over the Pittsburgh Steelers minus three points. Built it on the Bucks two weeks ago and the Fish last week. I'm not afraid to say in that Fish bet, I did take a worse number with Miami, but when you know, you know. Look, I watched every play of the Texans went over Jacksonville. They had many opportunities to fail, but every time they just didn't blink. So to me, they passed the eyeball test. And I know that's not a high level Vegas stat. Sorry. Uh, Stroud passes the quarterback test. By now, everyone knows he hasn't thrown a pick. And to me, I think the more glaring thing is the yards passing uh, because they're eighth in yards per attempt, so he's not doing the dink-dunk thing. And I know Stroud's probably going to see the turf a few times. Steelers' defense is is, is overly legit. But the Steelers are given two, two games by way of turnovers, and I know some will say that, that their defense forced those turnovers, and yes, of course they did. Uh, but I don't think the Steelers are winning on the road again with an offense that's 26 and third down conversion 
uh, and 28th in rushing. Uh, they play the Ravens next week. Last season, the weeks before the Baltimore games, they scored 19 and beat Marcus Mariota by three. Uh, the other uh, pre-Ravens game, 13, beat the Raiders at home by three. Uh, I think this week, I think their team total stays under. I don't think they beat the Texans by three, uh, not by losing all of Monday uh, on a tarmac uh, and having the most rushes this season that have gained zero or less yards. Houston plus three points is the bet. I especially like his concept of the Steelers O-line not being great right now, and that has trouble traveling in a dome. You know, you got to figure maybe this is going to be one of the more excited Houston games for a while with the fans. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I got told last week that the the Texans fans are the most excited they've been in probably three years. Like, the the people are going to the games again. Well, that's what what I'm saying. This is their first home game. Since the first win. Yeah. If there's ever a time for the crowd to rally around them besides week one against the Rave, uh, uh, first home game against the yeah. Colts, it's going to be this one. Yeah, I agree. And my last concern is why I'm off this game is Pittsburgh, their strength is their pressure on the quarterback. And, and you got a rookie quarterback who, if you look at him under pressure versus not under pressure. Now, Stroud, no one's better under pressure. So it's not about how much worse you are. It's not about being worse. It's about how much worse. Stroud has the biggest divide of any quarterback in the NFL. When he's under pressure, it's a huge problem. When he's not, he's lights out. So can, will, that fatigue, will that flat spot, will that flatness prevent the defense from getting pressure? What's the O-line health? To me, if you it's tell, terrible. Yeah, to me, but is it terrible this week too? Yeah, it's been terrible all season. But here's the deal, and this was what kept me off this game is the Steelers are the first team the Texans have played that can really take advantage of it from a pass rush pass rush standpoint. Like this is the first dominant pass rush that the Texans have seen this season. Do you, Mackenzie? Do you listen to the Bill Simmons like football stuff? Yeah. Every time he says pass rush, I, know, I can't. I can't I help can't, but think of uh, yeah. So they make a big deal Collinsworth. how Collinsworth says pass rush. Pass rush. It's kind of how you say it. Do though. I? I mean, it, and it's. Fun. I felt my Here's tongue say it wrong. That pass time. rush. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that's I. I don't enunciate great as everyone knows, but I. I think I told you guys this. A guy that was a longtime studio or studio guy said you have the least syllabuses I've ever heard. Sibilance. Sibilance. How you say? It? Okay. And I'm thinking of syllabi from school, but um, like I say, pass rush, but. But now even I heard it a little bit, the rush in my ear. Yeah, I, I think that's why not. It's like, a, what do they call that, an ear warm or something? Where you, you hear it and you get, ooh. All right, so I'm going to let you, anything else? You know, I was going to say, the best pass rush the Texans pass <laughs> rush the Texans have seen so far is the Colts, and the Colts got six sacks on the Texans. So it, that worries me. That was enough I to I think make that's the driver. But, but here's the thing. If Pittsburgh's flat, where does it show itself? Yeah. That's the question. I, mm-hmm. If I had to play this, I would play Houston. Okay, but it's it's a lean for me. Okay, guys, we'll I, handle it from here. Yeah, you you. I need that. We remember if you haven't listened, and it's it's still Thursday. We are doing our. Um, how'd you guys? I'm guessing I didn't hear about it. You guys didn't win. You're saying we did game. not win the same game. Part I hope way. people realized without me that it was important. That's to what it was. Lower their lower their their their. Oh, well, we're still profitable we because without we won. Fezzik. Yeah. Huh? Imagine we win without Fezzik this week. What do you mean? Imagine just watch and live it, baby. <laughs> Check it out. But hey, these boys are finishing some of these games. Let me see the games you did. If I, I'll give you one quick point on each one. Carolina sucks. Um, <laughs> That's a quick point. <laughs> now, now, actually, I, I think that um, 
the rookie quarterbacks back this week is what the Bryce Young. Yeah, yeah, it was mm-hmm. what I'm hearing. Bryce Young, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> downgrade immediately. All right, um, I, I got to be honest with you. I don't know as much as I think Denver's the play here. I, I don't think that that Peyton, the way he's handling this, I don't think he's doing a good job. I mean, forget the score. I'm saying he's he's pointing so many fingers. I don't know. So I'm passing that one. Um, oh, in the Rams, check out what they did. They played in Cincinnati. They flew back. Yeah, they didn't stay on the West Coast. Yep. I don't get or that. Or East Coast, yeah. Yeah, I don't get that. I mean, it's going to be a rare time you're playing back to back. I mean, Indianapolis isn't far east, but still, that that was a that was I think a bad decision and short week, and a short week. So I think that's a and, and, and I and I do think that Richardson is going to be the likely is my guess, and I do think that's an upgrade. Philly was my last cut. I feel like you're usually pretty solid on the Eagles games. What are your thoughts on that? <sighs> Here's what I think. The Eagles are purposely running the ball more than anyone's ever seen, but they don't do that, or anyone's ever seen. In the modern era, you can say maybe, but they're still Atlanta. But for a team that can pass, but they tend to do it in the second half. They're looking to take the Remember Alabama a couple years ago where when they got up big, they were just taking the air out yep. of the ball? I think what we're looking for here is Eagles in the first half. If you like the Eagles, I think we go back to last year, look at them in the first half, and look to bet in-game under second half if they have a lead. I think that's one of my best tips of the week. Eagles are taking the air out of the ball. I just thought Washington, when they got put on the field, like in hindsight now, it's easy to say in hindsight, but playing Arizona and Denver, and we all got excited about Washington, and then we saw them against the Bills, like Washington's just not very good. I See, I disagree with that. I think that the Bills whipped their ass, no doubt, but I think Washington, I mean, really that Arizona game doesn't look so bad now. No. I mean, and Denver isn't bad. Denver isn't bad. I, I, I tell you, the extreme results don't overreact to them. I mean, I think we know either direction. And, I, you know, the question is, is that what I'm doing with Miami? I think San Fran, I mean, if you look at our fourth quarter win share, what is it, 98 and change? Yep. I mean, they've literally, there's been like so little doubt in any game they've played. And Purdy's starting to break some records. It's hard to, you know, like the number of 250-plus uh, yard game. So I think San Fran's right at the top of the league. But do you want to play 14 against a team that just beat a team? I don't know. Back-to-back upsets don't happen that much, but I think Arizona's energized. Purdy at home since he's been the starter, 7-0 ATS. They're 7-0 straight up and ATS, but their average margin of victory is 16.5 points at home since Purdy's been there. Yeah, they've won and that includes 11 like of the past 16 by multi- 15 or more points. Multiple playoff games. That was Tom Brady. Like, it's – He's he's beaten good teams by a lot of points at home. No, I hear you. 14, and it's funny, you think sharp people take the points, but over the last, like, 10 years, laying double digits has done better on the favor. So if you were a dog of 10 or more and you won your last game, Mm -hmm. so you won your last game as a dog of 10 or more. big upset. And now you're a double-digit dog again. Mm -hmm. One in four against the spread. 5.5 5.5 the margin. Yeah. So, so you're getting sample. blown out. But but what I would do on that one is bring it down to 7.5 just to get a feel, like over touchdowns a bit, just mm-hmm. to expand the sample out a little bit. And let's maybe do it in both sides of it. Let's just see what that does. Because that's going to be generally the same kind of thing. Yeah. So, that, like, when you look at that 1-4 in four ATS with the 5.5 right. margin, those, those teams are getting blown out. So this backs you up a little bit, 20-34 and 34 in that case. But now here's what's interesting. Look at this. 
under by three and a half points a game, 19 and 36, 19 over, 36 under. That kind of makes One-sided sense. One-sided games. And McKenzie said something earlier off air about the, the, they're not going to be able to run on the 49ers like they did on Dallas last week. No, I, I believe that. Well, I don't know. I mean, if, they, if you can run on Dallas, you, in theory, you can run on anyone. But I'm not saying they will. Um, Eddie, Eddie, McKenzie, do me a favor. Do an at sign. I want to see one thing. And before um, it's before this, and then before the at sign, put um, average, put A, parentheses, DBS, delta points scored. DBS. Oh, you yeah. said PS? No, that's right. Exactly. Uh, delta points scored, parentheses, comma, and then A, DPA. You know, you know how to do it. I, that's it. Run that. Okay, so it looks like the um, the team scores less points that had the upset, and they actually give up less points too. So it's a real low. So they give up a point nine two points less, but they actually scored. All right, so can we make that? Can we see what happens when it's double digits, not seven? Yeah, yeah, but it's good. Yeah, just change that up there. But it's so many few games, it's harder. Yeah, so looking at this, and that's a good trend, Scott. Is or or pointing us in a good direction. I like to try to. An- amp up the sample size but whenever you do that it's not as you know it's always a challenge with the nfl it's either it's a little less applicable but we got more numbers or more applicable with less numbers but looking at this i think if you like san fran i would look at arizona under team total because it seems like in these games those teams often upset don't score as much as you'd expect the next game all right boys so from here you've got these guys talking about these games Right, that we just kind of did yep. a quick preview, and then if you want to hear about <laughs> this, was kind of a fun interview. The fellow who took me to the Steeler game with his kids, great time. He was a big fan of the show. Said it was a dream. This guy is the what, what, what did he say? The managing Jason's his name. The managing senior managing d- director. director, and it's was it a three hundred fifty million dollar hard or I guess bridge loan. Mm-hmm. Bridge loan, yep. Kind of, uh, but it was a um, you'd call it like a private equity kind of, or yep. not private equity. I guess it'd be almost like a hedge fund kind of setup. So you know, he graduated high state the same year, or yeah, same year I did. So it was a good time. His kid is like eight, or they had triplets, right? Crazy. And I think they're eighteen or night. They you know they graduated 18. high school last yeah. year, and one of them loves you know audio visual stuff. So he's gonna start doing some like, kind of an internship, a paid internship. Somehow. Uh, but at the very end, you're going to hear that interview we did a little bit earlier. And uh, we'll be back, I guess, on Monday. Hopefully, I'll be over the flu. All right, here we go. Last weighted game, uh, Fezzik's one-weight game. Fez likes the Denver Broncos, minus three at the Bears. I don't know how anybody can like the Broncos anything. Well. But then again, if they're the playing the Bears. Yeah. Um, it, these are two just dreadful defenses. But my thought was when I was when I was looking at this game, it was like, well, at least one of them has a serviceable quarterback. <laughs> uh, Russ is thrown for back to back three hundred yard games, and there's nothing about the Bears defense that says that's going to change. It, the Broncos are a little better than league average in, on offense. They're dead last in defense. The Bears thirtieth in defense, thirty first in offense. They're just bad everywhere. The only offense they're better than is the Jets. Sorry, Scott. Um, the 70-point performance by Miami is what's going to be on everybody's mind. But the the Broncos almost beat Washington. Mm-hmm. They almost beat the Raiders. 
Think about this. The Bears or the Broncos lost a game by 50 points. <laughs> Both these teams are 0 and 3. Yeah. The Broncos lost a game by 50 points. Mm-hmm. And their average margin of defeat is still less than the Bears. Damn, that's wild. That's in that wild. The Bears are just under 20 points per game in their three losses. And the Broncos lost a game by 50. And it's still there. Yeah, their average margin of loss is still less than Chicago. Let me read you another surprising stat. I'm going to compare Russell Wilson to no name quarterback. Okay. You want me to guess the quarterback? Yeah. Okay. Russell Wilson, 791 passing yards this season. All right. No name quarterback, 803. Okay. So that's pretty much the same, right? Uh, 65.4 completion percentage for Russell, 65.5 for no name quarterback. It's called a wash. Identical. Six touchdowns for Russell, seven touchdowns for no-name quarterback. Ooh, okay. Two interceptions for Russell, two interceptions for no-name quarterback. A 99.5 passer rating for Russell Wilson, a 99.5 passer rating for no-name quarterback. Is no-name quarterback Patrick Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes. I thought that might be it, yeah. Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes have the exact same stats this season. I can't believe I threw those picks, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, Russ has been solid. Um, I mean, even if you look at advanced stats, Patrick Mahomes is 69, nice. seventh. Wilson is yeah. Wilson is 60, 13th. So it's not that different. That, that different. Man, if my team lost by 50, you know, I'd, <laughs> I, 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 I'd watch film a little bit more. Uh, you know who else thinks the uh, the Broncos' offense is all right? Is the Hitman? Let's hear what he has to say on this game. Best bet: Bears, Broncos over 46. The Bears' defense has allowed 25 or more points in 13 straight games. And Russell Wilson in this Broncos offense has actually exceeded expectations this year. Denver's offense is one of the better trio of wide receivers in the league. They'll be going against a Bears defense that is missing their top three corners, their top safety, and they have the league's worst pass rush metrics in front of them as well. We know Denver will score, but what about Chicago? Justin Fields has talked about doing two things more often running more, and throwing deep. Fields had seven designed rush attempts last week, which fits the strength of his game, and no team is worse at defending the deep ball than Denver. They are 32nd in pressure rate, and opposing passers are 23 of 29 for 17 yards per attempt, easily the worst in the league, throwing against Denver this year. There's light at the end of the tunnel for the Bears' offense, at least for this week, and we know that their defense isn't showing up. Best bet, Denver, Chicago, over 46. Yeah, 46 is the over. And this, I mean, this feels like the easiest play on the board to make, If like for totals. Like you say, well, who are the worst defenses in the league? Well, it's the Bears and the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Your your only issue is, can the Bears score enough points to, to get you over? And I think against this Broncos defense, they can. I, I, I think the Bears can actually put up like, a 20 spot. That's all you really need from them, I think. You get 20 from the Bears, you're you're cashing that over. Yeah, I hate both these teams. Um, <laughs> I hate the idea of giving th- like giving three points on the road. I, I, we'll talk about it next in the in the other mirror match of of terrible teams. But I don't want to lay points on the road with a bad team, especially a field goal. But I I, I do think there is a, a stark advantage here on the offensive side for Denver. Yeah, that's where I would lean in this one. Uh, the fact that Chicago, the reason why I picked against them last week, they're dealing with so much turmoil, so much uh, 
uncertainty inside that, you know, Hallis Hall. And Eberflus calling the defense has just not looked like it's not an Eberflus defense. They're, they, they don't look good. They can't stop anybody. And Justin Fields has not improved at all as a passer. They did more designed run last week, but he still didn't go over his rushing prop. So even if he runs even more this week, I don't know how effective he's going to be because he hasn't been effective. Though I do think that this week, if you're looking for maybe like a fantasy perspective, I think they try and get Roshan Johnson involved more in the offense uh, because I think he's a weapon that's just been underutilized. And maybe that makes a difference in the way that their offense looks. You know what they should, uh, you know what's been underutilized for Chicago's offense that they should think about doing more? The forward, the forward pass <laughs> is something that is now in vogue, some people would say. And the, Nine the, straight games not scoring more than 20 points. Ugh. You know what? And I just said they can get 20. I don't, boy, maybe maybe they can't. <laughs> if this can't get them right. Uh, here we go. Matt's, uh, Max got the first head coach fired odds. And I'm disappointed that Brandon Staley's so far down this list. There's still hope. <laughs> There's still hope at fourth. Um, yeah, he's at plus 750. Ron Rivera is third at plus 300. Matt Eberflus, plus 225. He is the second favorite, only behind Josh McDaniels. Well, I can promise you this. Josh McDaniels, yeah. who really steamed this week. Yeah, I can promise you this. <laughs> money coming uh, in. <laughs> yeah, money coming in. Last year, I guaranteed that Sean Payton would be the head coach of the L.A. Chargers. You did. You were wrong. Well, for some reason, they decided to stick with Brandon Staley. Yeah. But I can promise you that he wanted to be the coach of the Chargers. I promise you that Matt Eberflus will not be the head coach of the Bears next year. Okay. You know who I think is going to be the coach of the Chargers next year? Jim Harbaugh. Well, I was going to say Jim Harbaugh's coaching the Bears next year. Uh, What's suspension? <laughs> yeah, I mean, think of, okay. Put yourself in Jim Harbaugh's shoes. Do you want to go work with Justin Fields or Justin Herbert? Yeah, clearly Herbert. Yeah, yeah he's not coaching the Bears. No thanks. What if Fields has gone to? Well, well, okay, would you rather have Justin Herbert or random rookie? Caleb Williams? Yeah. Mm. Herbert. So yeah. here are the quarterbacks to start more than seven games in multiple seasons for the Bears going backwards. Mitch Trubisky did it. Jay Cutler did it. Jim Harbaugh did it in 91 to 93. Yeah, it's man. been a lot of turnover. Yeah. You almost never make it back-to-back -back years. Jay Cutler might be the greatest quarterback in Bears history. I think he is. Man, he was so good. Rex is our quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Rex is our quarterback. Rex is our quarterback. And, like, uh, at Jay Cutler's best, what was he, like, maybe the seventh or eighth best quarterback in the league? I think, I think so. Borderline top ten, yeah. Right and around he, there. And, and so for that window of whatever, how many years was he there, six years, seven years? That is the best quarterback that the Chicago Bears franchise has ever had. That's sad. That's a sad state of affairs. I've met Bears fans, you know, being from Chicago, that will admit that. We'll be like, you know what? Looking at it, he was. I still hate him. <laughs> I still want nothing to do with him. Justin Fields didn't get double-digit starts. The I, yeah, I guess I was. I was in previous years. Justin he Fields started twenty-eight games. Yeah. Okay, so he's last the, three years. He's yes. he's the fourth guy in the last uh, forty yeah, years or the so. Fourth era. Man, to Justin Fields' era, it's a strong one. So of Justin Fields' twenty-eight games, five and twenty-three straight up. He's averaging 154 passing yards per game, 27 touchdowns, 25 interceptions, sacked 104 times. He is a bigger bust than Mitch Trubisky. At number two? I, I think guess. so. Right? I mean, Mitch Trubisky made the playoffs, yeah. He was all right. He was all right. with Trubisky, to be honest with you. 
in hindsight, yeah, they, I mean, well, no, because you don't, you don't want to get like, he's, he sucks too. You got to take a chance on Kenny someone Pickett else. Kenny Pickett is starting over him right now. Yeah. And yeah, Kenny Pickett's sure. so bad. Yeah. Kenny Pickett is uh, 31.5 in our quarterback composite. <laughs> Say tied for 31st. Yeah. 31.5. For 31st. Justin Fields right above him at 30th. Oh, well. <laughs> Uh, I get, I, you know what? That makes sense. Justin Fields is 30th. Kenny Pickett starting over Trubisky. Yep. Fields, <laughs> Fields better than Trubisky. Makes sense. All right. Let's, uh, let's get into the unweighted games. All right. Let's go suit through the rest of the games that no one has any weight on. And we'll start with the battle of the winless teams. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, a lot of people are going to give out stats about two winless teams playing each other. And Minnesota is a four point favorite over Carolina here, but going back through our database, it's been 14 times that 0-3 teams have faced off against each other in week four, and the underdogs in those games are actually 8-6 and six against the spread, but the margins aren't big enough to make a difference. What it means to me is that usually winless teams are even. <laughs> There's not, you can't decide whether one team yeah. is better than the other, but I think it's a completely different case here because the Vikings are just on the opposite side of the luck that they had last year. 11 and 0 in one score games last year. This year it's completely the opposite. Here's where I like I just can't get to Minnesota being a four-point road favorite here. Uh Carolina has I mean Carolina stinks, don't get me wrong. If you said Carolina has a strength, it's they are good against the pass. Well, they're relatively good against the pass. They're 11th in DV, uh, DVOA against the pass, 32nd against the run. So all you got to do to beat Carolina is run the ball on them. Well, Minnesota doesn't know how to run the ball, or they 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 don't. I don't know what it is. I don't know if they don't know how. They don't. Whatever it is, they have thrown the most passes in the league. They have run the ball the least amount. Of, they've run mm-hmm. the ball fifty times through three games. That's it. I, <laughs> the offense was the best it looked all season with Dalton playing last week. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, no, Bryce I don't. Practicing. Nobody knows if he's Bryce practicing. Young. He's practicing. I think he's going to play. Guys practice all the time and don't yeah. play. I mean, mm-hmm. but I, I they're better with Andy Dalton. The offense looked serviceable with Andy Dalton. I would be interested in the Panthers with Andy Dalton. Here, I, I don't know. I, I I'm not gonna I, I I'm not gonna play aside without knowing who the quarterback is. Sure, but Minnesota just doesn't do what you need to do to beat Carolina. And until they prove that they know how to run the football. I'm kind of out on Minnesota. And you're right. They won what they win last year. 11 straight games they won, one-score games. Yep. Well, now they've lost four consecutive one-score yeah, games. Yeah, you count the giant postseason game last year. And all they do is play one-possession games. Mm-hmm. So if things are really evening out, then they probably lose this one-possession game. But for them to be catching four points, or for them to be laying four points, sorry, on the road, yeah, that that's insanity to me. And they just got upgraded. When does a team go from a minus three-point favorite before the games, lose mm-hmm. for a third time in a row, get bet up a whole point, you know, with significant numbers, you could say it's a point and a half or two points upgrade after their loss. Well, Mackenzie, you, you brought up an interesting question. Is this the best 0-3 team we've ever seen? Kirk Cousins leads the league in passing. Justin Jefferson leads the league in receiving. That's because they're playing they're, from behind every game. Like <laughs> Not really. They're in every game, and they're putting up massive numbers offensively. You realize that uh, they're, the, they're the fifth, in EPA per play, they're seventh in success rate. The defense, though, it, it's it, it hasn't been as good as advertised with Brian Flores coming in. 
I don't think they have to worry about the Panthers' offense. Now, it is an Adam Thielen revenge game, but I don't think that's going to be a big enough factor in this one. I just don't like the number. If it was a field goal, I'd be on Minnesota. I don't like laying over a field goal here on the road with an 0-3 team and things starting to creep in about the future of, you know, Kirk Cousins. He he wants to stay, but I think they might get Cam Akers more involved in the running game this week. I just think Minnesota is a superior team to the Panthers. Fezzik would agree. Fezzik has Minnesota right around an average team, a half a point below an average team, and he's got the Panthers four and a half points below an average team. Yeah, so that doesn't get us there. That's no, a four-point difference. Exactly, it doesn't get us and we're this at Carolina. Spread. But you're giving them a home field. How much home field advantage you're giving them? It's also Kirk Cousins. Enough to get me off a of four. It's also Kirk Cousins at 1 o'clock. And we know oh, how okay, he does at 1 o'clock, right? Throw all the rest of the stats away. <laughs> That's true. Throw everything else out. Yeah, uh, Vikings 27th in DVOA on defense. They, they just they stink on defense. And you know what? I, you know, I don't know how much you, you care about this stuff, but the Panthers have the best special teams in the league, in a one in a one score game, which it's likely to be, mm-hmm. I, that that matters to me. I don't know. I, again, Frank Reich, we've talked about this too. Plays his, the first what two three games of the season, he's typically stunk, and then he's started to kind of figure things out. I, I'm not. I don't like the Panthers. I hate the idea that I'm even saying nice things about them because I think their team generally stinks. Their offensive line is so bad. I don't know if Minnesota is good enough to take care of them or take advantage of it and. Again, laying four on the road with this team just doesn't feel right to me. Frank Reich, one and eight straight up, two, six and one against the spread as a home underdog of when he's coaching the Panthers and the Colts. All right, let's move on to the Rams and the Colts. The contest has this as a pick. Mac, what's the uh, the general market feeling right now on this Rams-Colts? Where's the lean going? It's really a pick, and shop around, especially if you're doing a teaser, you can get minus one on either side. Okay, so it is a legit pick. Um, and this is one of those games where Fez would say, whichever team you like, Get yourself a six and a half point teaser. Find the right book and you get take it to seven and a half. Well, if you get the one on, yeah, find, uh, find the ones. Find the ones, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, you you have a general feel for this game? A, a lean anyway? I, again, this is similar to what's going on in Carolina. I don't know who's going to be quarterback for the Colts this week. Anthony Richardson practicing, and yeah. if he's back, I think it changes things. Mac, what was the summer line on this game? Summer line. Because it, it just feels like suddenly the Rams being on the road and even being a pick mm-hmm. just feels like there's there must have been a massive adjustment at some point. The Rams are a one-point favorite. Not too much of an adjustment. Wow. Okay. What was your thinking? You were I, thinking that the Rams would be massively adju- adjusted? I, yeah. Both teams have done well. Both teams are beating expectations, I think we'd say. I guess so. I mean, the Colts are 2-1, and one, and they've won two road games. Maybe maybe both these teams are just better than anybody thought they were coming into mm-hmm. the season. Um, the Rams' offensive line issues kind of got exposed against Cincy, though, which is concerning. They, the Bengals got to Stafford six times in that game, and now you play the Colts, who are second in the league in sacks. They've got 12 sacks. Yeah. Um, that's not good. And then I think the Colts caught they, – they got an Anthony Richardson injury at the right time. I, th- I mean, the reason why I liked the Colts last week against the Ravens, the Ravens' secondary was banged up. Like, Anthony Richardson can't throw the ball, so have the quarterback who can throw the ball play, it worked out. Now you get the Rams, who are much better against the pass than the run. This would be a good time for Anthony Richardson to show up. If Anthony Richardson can play – 
the Colts probably want him out there. That that's a, it, it's a better matchup for Anthony Richardson. So again, until we know who the quarterback is, it's hard for me to to feel good about this one way or the so other. So here's something that's interesting: the Rams decided not to stay and practice in Indy this week. Instead, they flew back home and will fly back to Indy. Yeah. And so, you know, usually if you play two games in, in different times, East, Eastern time zone or whatever, you would stay. Uh, but they were on a short week. They decided to fly home. He said, um, McVeigh said there was a lot of dialogue about it, but they wanted to keep the players in more consistent elements and in their own beds. I'll be honest. Like, I, I'm guaranteeing if Fez was sitting here right now, that would be like the main handicap for Fez is mm-hmm. the, the Rams went back to the West Coast. Yeah. Like, they're flying on these planes where it, it's not like they're on uh, Southwest Airlines. <laughs> I mean, to me, if if I've got if I worked on Sunday, and I've got to work again next Sunday. No, they worked on Monday. Okay, I've got six days off or six days to practice. But it's less because you got to travel now. Again, this is a three-hour flight. They're not playing in China. Like, I would much rather spend my week at home and and be around my facilities and and like you said, sleep in my own bed. I don't. I don't think travel's that big of a deal in the. United. And I think particular. it's got to be getting less and less with the better nutrition, better travel conditions. For what it's worth, road teams that play on Monday night that circle back and play on Sunday again on the road, twenty and twenty-seven ATS. Mm. So not great. I wonder. You mentioned that there was dialogue. I wonder if, and other people have been mentioning this. The Raiders stayed on the West Coast, got blown out. The um, who else did the Giants stayed on the West Coast and got blown out by the Niners? Maybe there was some talk like whatever it's worth. It's let's it's not worth that much. Obviously, these teams just got killed trying yeah. to do the right thing. Well, this is the second consecutive Eastern Time Zone game for the Rams under Sean McVay. They did it uh, in 2020, and on the second leg, they lost by three in Buffalo. Okay, so they didn't get blown out the next week. McVay's and, uh, been a really good road coach yes. in general. Well, on the uh, he, in the Eastern Time Zone specifically. He's 13 and 5 straight up, 11 5 and 2 against the spread. I think I lean to the Colts here. Uh, the, the, I, I guess the travel thing is is a point against them, but against the Rams. Yeah, but yeah. It, it, it's to, that's not the reason why I lean that way. To me, it's more about the, the offensive line issues for the Rams. Those injuries are, are really starting to pile up. And last week we, was the first time we really saw it cost the Rams. And Stafford is like. I don't know. He's regressed since week one. I thought week one, it was like, man, maybe we've got old school Matt Stafford here. And then watching the game last week is like, man, is he going to start making some plays? I, I'm not sure what to think about him right now. Uh, you know, they're they're obviously trying to fight through until they can get Cooper Cup back. And, and you know, Puka and Tutu, these are they're nice players, but they're not they're not game changing guys. I, I think that's what they need is somebody who can. But but really, they need to protect Matt Stafford. Mm-hmm. And if you're not going to do that, they're not going to win many games. Rams um, after a loss under McVay, twenty one thirteen and four ATS. I like that. Very strong. That, that, that is a good number for them. Uh, let's go to this was like probably the the last cut for me. So if we had six plays, this would have been my last play. Uh, Washington plus eight at Philadelphia. Got that one point of CLV, baby. Yeah. Remember in the summer when we were looking ahead at yep. games, I said, week three, there's no way the Eagles are going to be only seven-point favorites against Washington. Yeah, and they're not. Or they're, week four. They're yeah. now eight-point favorites. So thank God you've tied your money up for a month and a half. <laughs> uh, but I here's what I said. I think the commanders got really exposed last week, and – they were they were fat and happy. They were two and zero. They beat the Arizona Cardinals and they beat the Broncos. Mm-hmm. 
And it turns out putting up points on the Broncos isn't that big of a thing anymore. Like a, a, apparently, I've heard that they gave up seventy last week. Someone said that the Broncos have given up one hundred and two points in the last ninety-two minutes of NFL action. That's not good. The Bills' defense just suffocated this Washington team, and so all the talk about well, Washington can play some offense now. How about nine sacks? Is that good? That's nine sacks is a lot in All one right, well, game. Well, let's talk about the sacks. So Howell's been sacked 19 times this season. That's the most of any quarterback. The record, and you'll remember this, David, David Carr, Carr. the Texans, 2002. He was his he, roommate back then. He was sacked. <laughs> he might have been sacked 76 times. Howell is on pace to be sacked 107 times. That's wild, man. That that is wild. And now you're playing the Eagles, and really the. the the best weapon for the Commanders offensively is Brian Robinson. It's it's not Sam Howell. Sam Howell stinks. Brian Robinson, when he's going, it's like, okay, now we've got something. Well, now you're playing the Eagles, the best run defense in the league per DVOA. And this is the other thing that jumped out at me. The Eagles are – they've got the second most takeaways. Mm. So great run defense, aggressive defense that turns you over. That's terrible for a team that needs to run the ball – and has given it up the second most times in the league. And then this defense that everyone thought was the strength coming into the season, it's clearly like, if if I'm being generous, the commander's defense is average. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm being generous when I say that. And now this was, last week was the first time it really felt like the Eagles started to find something on offense. And that's a scary thing. If they're turning the corner on offense, they, they can blow this team out. I think I'm a, this. This also almost made my cut because I thought I think it should be higher, and I think there's a lot of uh, talk. The narrative has been that the Eagles just aren't there yet. They haven't turned it on yet. I mean, I've said it how many times? I said I don't want to be opposite yeah. the Eagles when they finally turn it on. And I, listen, I, full disclosure, I, I, I was on the Bucks in this yeah. pod last week, mm-hmm. uh, and it, that, like normally I could sit here and try and come up with a reason why that that pick lost, but they, the Eagles just looked like the Eagles again. And, no, no, and, but not really though, and and they were dealing. Jalen Hurts was dealing with flu like. Yeah, they're symptoms. all throwing up, and they're they still had, better than they the had Bucks. a bunch of players. De- that, well, that's the thing I'm trying to say is they had their quarterback was was sick. A couple of other players were sick, but yet they found a way to game plan to have AJ Brown more involved in the offense. Nine catches, 131 yards. DeAndre Swift is. I mean, this dude's the real deal. I, I don't know what was going through Nick Sirianni's mind in week one making Kenneth Gainwell the lead back, or maybe it was just strategy because they knew that they had the short week and it was going to be the unveiling of DeAndre Swift at home on a Thursday night, right? Because, that you know, Philly guy, first game home, a lot of emotions, and he went off, right? Well, now they return home and he's going to go off again. Uh, he's been great ever since they made him the lead back, 130 yards last week. And look at what they did in that first drive against the Bucks. Now they wind up going for it on fourth and two, and they hand the ball off to Gainwell, and he doesn't get the first down. I mean, if probably if Swift runs that ball or if Hurts keeps it, who knows yeah, well, what happens I thought the there. Eagles have, like, the, the best plan for short yardage. I know. Ever. Why, it, why would it, you do it, anything it was weird. that? And actually, I, I talked about this on SOV. Watching that play, it seemed like it was an RPO, and the tight ends and receivers went out for a pass. Like, they thought Jalen Hurts was going to keep that ball, not hand it off to Gainwell. So I think everybody was surprised that they didn't get that fourth and two. But they moved down the field very easily on that opening drive. Just think about how different that game turns out if the Eagles score points on that opening drive. I mean, they didn't play. They didn't play that well, and they still won by double digits. Yeah. If they turn it on here this weekend, I mean, this eight is going to look like 
it's going to be a joke. Mac, what are these uh, what are these numbers you have here? Yeah, you mentioned the fourth and two play where they ran it instead of throwing it. Well, that's generally been working for them. Number one success rate again this year rushing the football. So last year they were the number one success rate rushing the football. This year they're the number one success rate rushing the football. However, passing has gone the other way. Last year they were 11th. This year they're 28th. So they're still getting big plays. You saw Hurts with that touchdown. But play to play, they're not quite successful, as successful in the play in the passing game. That's why everybody's downgrading them. To me, they're still killing it. They're still rushing for 200 yards a game. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of extreme to think they should do a lot better than this. This, to me, and I, I guess I'm probably doing the opposite of what I always say to do, which is to, to buy low and sell high. Mm-hmm. We're probably buying Washington low now because people now know that they're not good. And we're probably buying the Eagles high because this was the best game they've had all season. But I don't care. Like you said, the fact that this game was seven in the summer and now we see that the the, the commanders are just not good. Yeah. I, I'll pay one extra point. I'm okay with that. So Fez's power rankings, he's got the Eagles at a four and a half more okay. than, than an average team. And the commanders minus three and a half. So he's got seven and a half. On, on a neutral, neutral. and now this game's in Philly. Why? How could, why didn't Fez play this one? I'm surprised. Looking at that, I'm surprised. That is surprising. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Again, I, this almost made my card, and it was my final cutoff. You know what? I think Fez didn't say he didn't play Philly because last week he said the dumbest thing that's maybe ever been said well, on he this was podcast Philly last week. Yeah. No, when he said on Washington on Buffalo, the Washington. Oh yeah. When yeah, he yeah. said, you know what? Washington money line, and then like as I'm watching that game, I keep I was saying I wonder if I wonder if Washington's going to come back and win this game if they're going to score the next six touchdowns and win this game. Instead, they kick a field goal with under a minute left just to keep from getting shut out. That team stinks. So I I, I would I would certainly lean to the Eagles here. If if not, I might even play the Eagles. What are you pushing on? Oh, I'm pushing the button against Washington. I'm just going to make oh. this an extra pick. So I'm green buttoning the Washington Commanders. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I may, I may end up finding my way on to, uh, to the Eagles this week. At a minimum, I'm playing, uh, I'm using them in a teaser. I already have. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's go. The last game with no weighted plays on it is Monday Night Football the Seattle Seahawks and the New York Football Giants. And this one is a pick 'em. <sighs> I, it, Mac, is it a real pick'em? You, you tell me. What's the? Uh... Yeah, money came in Wednesday evening. The minus ones on the Giants are disappearing. It's pick'em at nine out of ten votes. That makes sense to me. Seahawks feel like the more trustworthy team right now. Um, the Giants can't run the ball. Giants can't stop the run, and it feels like the Seahawks are kind of figuring things out on offense. They ran the ball really well this week, mm. and C- Seattle's fourth in DVOA on offense. I didn't realize they were that good. They ran for almost 150 yards last week. I just don't – I don't think teams respect the Giants when Saquon Barkley's not back there, and I know he's questionable. Yeah. He's not playing. Well, they've L- had the extended it. break. They've had the extended break, so they have the rest advantage. You're going to play him on a high ankle sprain for what? Like, really? Yeah. I mean, come on. I think what what I like about this is the way that the Giants play after a loss. Now, I know this year we had the, the one the, – the game that didn't work out, but still – they are 7-1 against the spread after a loss under Brian Dable. He's the most profitable coach after a loss since so the start of last season. Yes. And then the Cardinals game, another 7-1? Correct. But they are 8-0 straight. Are they, they did win straight up. Yeah, No, they're 6-1-1 one one straight up So because they lost the game last year that was uh, after a loss. But they still covered the spread in that one. And so, yeah, they, they won and didn't cover the spread against the Cardinals here. 
And now it's a bounce back spot. Seattle was only three and nine ATS in their last twelve games. Like they win, they just don't cover. Not uh, covered last week. And but the thing is, it's hard to go with ATS numbers in a pick 'em game. Yeah. So you just got to pick the straight up winner here. I'd rather have the Giants at home, but historically, Daniel Jones is much better on the road than he has been at home. I don't know why. I don't know how to explain it. He just is. The numbers back it up. And he's also not good at night. Historically, how's Daniel Jones when Saquon Barkley's not there? Because it feels like those things are correlated. Because when Saquon Barkley's not there, Daniel Jones, he looks terrible. Like, he doesn't look like an NFL quarterback. Mm. Then last year, Saquon was healthy. What do you know? The first time ever he's been healthy for a full season, it feels like. And Daniel Jones has a great year. Gets paid. Now Saquon's gone. Daniel Jones is turning back into a pumpkin, it feels like. So heading into last week's games, it was 16 touchdowns and 16 picks. And so last week against the 49ers, he threw for zero touchdowns and one pick. So let's make it 16 and 17. Okay, McKenzie's got 16 and 18 here. It might might be including the playoffs, but yeah, it's a stark difference. 76 passer rating without Barkley, 90.4 with Barkley, 46 touchdowns and 20 interceptions with Barkley in the lineup versus the stats you just mentioned, a negative pass interception to touchdown ratio mm-hmm. without him. So this to me feels like this is more important than where the game is at, what time it's at, like you know, what color jerseys they're wearing. Like no one is scared of Daniel Jones when there's no threat of the run. Yeah. Like and we saw that like Matt Breed is washed. He is not good. Like there's there's no threat of the run for the, the threat of the run is Daniel Jones. So the, I think this offense is just it's lame without Saquon. Uh, even against a crummy defense like Seattle, I, I just I trust I trust the Seahawks more right now. I think it's just a wait and see approach if Saquon's going to play or not. Uh, Andrew Thomas, the tackle, is likely going to return for the Giants though, so that helps their offensive line. The money coming in Wednesday evening after the first practice kind of gives me the inclina- inclination that Barkley's not going to play. Yeah, and when Brian Dable was asked about it, uh, or when Barkley was asked about it, he, he basically said that in the past he's come back too soon mm-hmm. from oh, ankle that's stuff. That's a sign right there. Yeah. And so Dable's just like, let him rehab, you know? Yeah. I think. I mean, I think that's the move for the long term. And you, I don't know. I, I, the Giants aren't going anywhere anyway. The, the Giants just aren't very what good. What happened to New York football, Scott? Aaron Rodgers. It's cursed. <laughs> the whole state just got, yeah. a pall even the, came over the state. When Aaron Rodgers got hurt, even the Giants felt it. McKinley. Yeah. <laughs> that's I, what happened. I, I said Daniel Jones doesn't do well at night. Well, at night in his career, 1-12 straight up. Not oh good. my gosh! Man, he's like he's That's like Kirk, Kirk it's like Kirk Kitts, yeah. Kirk Cousins esque. There's nothing to like about the Giants in this game. I, maybe I should have looked at Seattle harder. Now, and at, if you listen to the opening line report, we did give out shout out to Fez Packers Seahawks tees. Both of those lines looking good now, plus eight and a half. Yeah. Oh man. Although I will say this, so he's five, he's zero five straight up at home in primetime, <laughs> but three of those losses were to the Dallas Cowboys, and we know that Dak Prescott owns the Giants. So can we throw those out and just? I don't think you can. Throw them out. <laughs> yeah. The I, other I, losses were to Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay. Yeah. So can Tom we look Brady at games in twenty twenty three in October. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I I wouldn't bet the Giants with your money, Scott. I'm hoping that you uh, you avoid them altogether. It's so. Not on my sheet. All right. Well, that's a good thing. All right, let's go to my two-weight. Which is also my one-weight. The San Francisco 49ers lay in 14. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big number. McKin- you know what McKenzie said when I said, you like the Niners this week? He said, it's hard to make money laying 14. Yeah, but but, but, 
<laughs> but not, not, that didn't inspire the confidence that I wanted, but, but it's not, all right. Not with the 49ers, though, because the 49ers have won 11 of their last 16 home games by 15 or more points. And I did some digging in our database. If you won a game as a double-digit dog, the following week you are 39-68-3 against the spread. That's not good. No. And the reason What's behind- the percentage on that? I'm not a math major. <laughs> it's 64% cashing if you're fading that team. There you go. Come on, Scott. Well, the, the, the idea is that you're still a bad team. Maybe the market upgrades you a little bit when you shouldn't be upgraded because you want a double-digit dog. But what if the market doesn't upgrade you? And this is what I found to be fascinating. If you won last week as a double-digit dog, and then this week you are once again a double-digit dog, those teams are 1-4 against the spread, l- losing the cover by an average margin of 5.5, which means they're getting blown out. Yeah. I, I, I think that Arizona is one of these teams that I'm still convinced they're really awful. I'm still not convinced they want to win football games. I don't think they wanted to go 0 and 17, but I don't think they want to go 7 and 10 either. And since Brock Purdy took over at quarterback, you mentioned the Niners have, have had some blowout wins, but the Niners 7 and 0 ATS at home, their average win margin over 16 points per game. That includes multiple playoff games last mm. year, that included Tom Brady last year. Like those stats are hard to ignore. Like Brock Purdy is a machine at home. And the Cardinals coming off this huge win, are they better than I probably gave them credit for coming in? Yeah. I still think they're one of the five worst rosters in the league. The, the Niners won their, their two matchups last year by an average of 26.5 points per game. And I get it. There's a new coach, but there's also a clear downgrade at quarterback uh, at, at Arizona. This is what really swung it for me to put, put the Niners on my card. Last week, Dallas was 13 Yep. Minus 13 at Arizona. Yep. Now I get a team that is better than Dallas. At home. At home. And the spread's the same. And it's one more point. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. I mean, Doesn't make sense. It, it, it's, it's illogical. So unless the, unless the 49ers are, if there's someone out there who thinks the 49ers are a worse team than the Cowboys, mm-hmm. okay, the, the only other alternative is you've upgraded the Cardinals like five points. And we saw some of that upgrade come in last game day where that 13 came like more like Cowboys minus 11 before kickoff. But I agree with you. It's do a four-point swing. It should be 15 if they're even teams. Fezzik's power ratings, I think most people power ratings after game three, 49ers are at least a point better than the Cowboys. Should be laying 15 here. I agree. Since the 49ers acquired Christian McCaffrey in games that he started, they're 15-1 and one straight up, 12-4 and four against the spread. Yeah, this is this is one of those smash spots, and it's hard to pick out the double-digit favorites that that feel mm-hmm. like they're the right side. Uh, I so try- there's only been one time, one other time since 2013 that there's been a divisional favorite of two touchdowns within the first four weeks of the season. Because it's very rare. You don't know sure. how good teams are. You don't know how bad teams are. It's still early on in the season. The Patriots, the only team that's done it twice in 2019 against the Dolphins and Jets. They won both games by a combined score of 73 to 14. Yeah. Okay, okay. The market knows who's good and who's bad. Timeout. I have the trend that ends all trends. We got to land on the 49ers here. If you have nine plus days rest off Thursday, 
and you're a 10 point favorite, you're 29 and four straight up. 20 and 13 ATS. That's 61% ATS. I mean, we're, we're sold here. What's the margin? Only plus one. All right. Okay. Not, not the greatest trend of all time, but still 29 and four, 20 and 13. S- add that to, logical. Add that to my, you know, four and right. one with the 5.5. Yeah. Add it to the 60% we're of adding the. Adding up quarter points yeah. here. We're just, we're just adding up trends here that all line up with the 49ers winning this one easily. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, I couple of us here, me and Scott, on the 49ers. Yeah, your two weight, my one weight. There you go. That'll do it. That's every game on the board. Uh, so I, Fez isn't even here to take us out. McKenzie, do you want to do Fez's job? Hey! hey. Careful out there. Talk to you next week. Okay. Got a special guest with us. And... We'll let him introduce himself, but this is a fellow who. Well, why don't I let you explain? Let you explain the effort it took to get a hold of me, because I think a lot of people out there. There's probably, let's be honest, a good many that's tried to get a hold of me. And it, it, Mackenzie, you can tell an interesting story about how you applied for your job. Yeah, which time? Which well, year? How many? How many times did you email? Uh, email, text message, I mean, t- Twitter message, I'd but say how, maybe but, 20. Uh, 20. And then finally I go, this guy's serious, right? And and then I looked and go, oh, he went to Yale. And then everyone's like, he didn't go to Yale. And then that whole story started. I had to go get the transcript. And here we are. So, uh, Jason, why don't you help us uh, give some insight that I don't discriminate. Okay. This, my name is Jason Walanzik. I've been a longtime listener of the show probably since it started. I think uh, when I first met RJ this past weekend, I said, we should have met at Ohio State, and you could have been 10 years further in your career. <laughs> and, and I was thinking, what does that mean? Yeah. But but he's been out in Vegas for 10 years longer than me. Yeah. So yeah. he figured he might have dragged me yeah. out here sooner. I had a place to stay for free, so I could have... Could have brought him out there. <laughs> brought him out here. Now you, can, you didn't know you didn't know RJ at Ohio State. You just, it just you know, happened that you went to school yeah, at the same time. Some of the comments he's made uh, on the podcast and put it together. But he's you know he's a Buckeye. He's a Steelers fan. I'm a Steelers fan. Uh-huh. I'm from Youngstown, Warren, Ohio, that area, which is probably like an hour north of where he is. Yeah. Um, so you, you had, had to have been at the same bar at the same time. Yeah. Well, not only that, but I want to say, my, or, may, or maybe the cafeteria, <laughs> the rascaler. D- definitely, my prediction came true because I've been telling my boys here for ten years that I will be on this show. Oh, this this was <laughs> the goal. I, I, I've always wanted to be on this show. I've I've uh, threw out a bunch of ideas to RJ on Sunday. I'm like, what about this? What about this? What about this? And I said, uh, I could have my own segment on there. I could be like just ordinary Joe off the street. Uh, the what do you call him? The um, duck. Oh, oh, well, well, there's there's Barney at the bar, yeah, right? Yep, yep. And that's the guy that burps before he tells you his pick. And, right. and then there's the duct tape shoe wise guys that they used to be wise guys, but now they're shoe they can't buy new shoes, so they duct tape them up. Left pocket, right pocket. Yeah. <laughs> so now your I mean, what's interesting is so when you started emailing, and it got through the front lines or whatever, is you were saying. Hey, I got, I don't want anything from you. Then you start like yeah. rattling off your resume. Yeah, well, I wanted to make sure he knew <laughs> he knew I wasn't a stalker. I, I, I think he was going to put his his four four one k in to say, "Now look at I'm I'm well funded." <laughs> yeah, no, I got a good job when I had uh, when I told uh, my partner on Monday that I was coming on the show. I said, "Yeah, I, I was talking to RJ for ten minutes, and uh, he offered me a job." <laughs> 
<laughs> and then I, then I pause and I go for my son, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is true. He he, was, he offered it before we even brought it up. So that well, he's uh, into AV and you know audio yep. video stuff, and he's 19. And apparently, this kid, uh, you know, so COVID disrupted obviously school. You know, anyone in the 18, 19, 20 year old range, the whole high school almost was in a way disrupted. His name is Wyatt, and Wyatt said that um, he had. Uh, there had been an AV department. They had done a lot of things. COVID hit, and then it really just fell away, mm. and he championed its return. Fought fought the—I think it was uh, about—it was like Footloose, the movie, where he had to fight <laughs> City Hall to make—but it was a variation of that. Is that fair to say? Yeah, probably. <laughs> it felt like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I started— He told a good story. I started emailing RJ back in August. I told him, I said, I had access to a luxury box. <laughs> I said, I said, I've heard you say. I know say, girls. He's like, well, I heard him say on the podcast that he doesn't like uh, going to these events because you miss a lot of the other games, which is true. Yeah. I usually only go to Monday night games, Sunday or Thursday games. So I, this was a perfect so opportunity. So you like the in-game bat? And, well, yeah. Or, or you like to just have just, all the games? I, I love the Red Zone. That's the best channel. And then on yeah. Saturdays on college, it's only good because – I mean, there's so many commercials, you have to have seven games on at once or, or, or it would drive you crazy. So uh, I started emailing him, and I did put on the resume uh, that I had won the station's um, NFL Pro contest back in 2009. And you guys won 100K, was it? Yeah, it was me and one other guy. And that was gone, what, 11 months later? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's when the big crash hit. <laughs> me and the kids and the ex-wife just went uh, traveling for a year. And finally came back, started working again. Um, and then my moniker on that was was Buckeyes. Okay. So that's why I told you, because I thought maybe you would remember it, because we were at the top the whole year in 2009. You know, I w I've never really engaged with the station stuff all that much, but that's a nice pro – I mean, I, I mean, that's a great win, right? Yep. I mean, yep. no doubt. That was out of 161 people, and then in 2007, we had finished tied for fourth out of 220 people. It's so. pretty strong. Yeah. I mean, but apparently that, he, just ne he never enters contests. It's <laughs> yeah. like – it feels like something that would encourage you to enter more. Nope. Proved I could do it. Too lazy to drive down to the strip. Never did it again. Forget those proxies. Nope. No. <laughs> I'm not giving them peace for doing nothing. <laughs> but they're doing something. So, by the way, do you mind if I, and I, I don't have to, but do, can I say who would have got my ticket if it wasn't for me? Well, I talked you to sure? her. I talked to her today. Oh, would you? All right. Yeah. So, so apparently, so no. How how old's Lincoln? He's 11. 11. All right. So he's a pretty mature 11, mm -hmm. right? So that you guys had, tri uh, you have triplets, yep. right? So the two brothers that I met and Riley Weston, Riley's freshman at Washington State. Mm -hmm. Weston's at school tonight, and Wyatt's here with us. Yeah, yeah. And so then they have Lincoln, you know, which what eight years later, whatever the math is, right? Seven, and he's a mature kid, no doubt. But <laughs> but we're driving, and they're like, yeah, if you didn't take the ticket, he dad was gonna have ask some girl from the bank. It was. <laughs> yeah. I had her all lined up, and it was, it was lucky that I didn't get a hold of her for a week, so RJ could come. Is so. that true? Is that yeah? yeah. <laughs> so you were just gonna go like almost the way you solicited me, like it's a nice luxury box. I don't yeah. want nothing from you. <laughs> uh, apparently, she got it. I won the station's contest in <laughs> 2008. <laughs> I graduated college. <laughs> Apparently so she what had a better offer. Oh, what yeah. was the better offer? Oh, so she, she, you asked her and she said yep. no? Um, 
No, I never did get a hold of her, uh, but I seen her this morning, and she said she ended up at the Life is Beautiful concert. So. Well, just tell her you had more fun. You were with RJ. I mean, yeah. what, I mean, it couldn't be like, you know, that I, concert? It, Come on. It worked out for a reason. Like I said, <laughs> I, I was always going to be on this show. So. <laughs> now, um, you, you bet, though, pretty much you know every NFL day or yeah. NFL. Yeah. Who did you have Sunday? Um, well, fortunately, this week, that was my easiest week ever. I had Louisville on Saturday, and I had Miami on Sunday, so I didn't even have to check my Miami. He says, I, I just want the teams to score 70. That, that, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> but, but your career has been interesting. Um, I mean, right now you work with a, a real estate investment trust. Is that the best way to say it? Uh, we're a bridge, uh, commercial bridge lender. So we manage $350 million on balance sheet assets. Um, so we, uh, we do the, the loans that the banks won't do, which is pretty much all loans now. Uh, so we, so we someone that's do construction building, loans. Yeah, they're building an apartment loans. complex. Yep. They want to get from this stage to this stage. And it, it, you said it used to be called hard money lending. Yeah, back fair? in the day. Now it's, now it's called bridge lending. Okay, so what would be like, if someone was able to get it from the bank, what would be their interest rate and what's their interest rate from you? I mean, generically. Yeah, today the banks uh, are probably around prime, like 8%, maybe a little bit below, depending on their depository relationship. And if they come to us, we're about prime plus three, uh, but we're a lot easier to work with, quicker. So the premium is the 3%, but... It's the working relationship. And how long do those loans usually, do they have them out? Our, our loans are 12 to 24 months. Okay. So if, if Scott needs a loan, like 12000 let's he say. He has to own real estate. Mm. <laughs> well, you got to. Uh, and you, can, and you, can't, you can't live in it either. You got oh, you, you you a partnership in a pizzeria, right? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I find. We rent, we rent RJ. Yeah. <laughs> well, lucky during COVID, right? I find it fascinating, the idea of. You know, and how many, so this is in Las Vegas and L.A. is the offices? Correct. Yeah, so now it's funny. You're thinking, all right, this guy is the, what, managing director? Is that the phrase? Senior right? managing director. Yeah. yeah, so you're thinking, okay, you know, pretty big time. He doesn't, you know, he's got the luxury box. I'm like, all right, I like that. And then and then he goes, yeah, when I was down in the Caymans for two years. No, mm. for, we're, for a month. <laughs> It was just a month? Yeah. Oh, I said we traveled for the whole year. We went to Montana, back to Ohio, California. And ended up in the Caymans, just coincidentally. Yeah. That, that we did for a month straight, yeah. So. so if you're hiring a finance guy, are you thinking, do you mm. want a guy that spent time in the Caymans, has dual citizenship in the Caymans or not? An extra account. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. He knows exactly what to do. How much time you spend in Switzerland? <laughs> That's yeah. higher brown. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. So did you have, I had a great time at the game. Oh yeah. I, I love going to those games. Um, my, when I was uh, talking to my boss, he said, did you see the one play when um, Adams got hurt and they, he, the quarterback let him out and he got popped. And I'm like, I can't remember that play. I can't remember that play. And then it dawned on me, even though we had spread of lobster and shrimp and you steak, might be eating. No, my son had me had me take him down to the to the concourse to buy him chicken fingers. <laughs> so I missed all the plays. <laughs> I don't want to make a big deal. Very spoiled. Very spoiled. <laughs> you should you should see these. I tell you, I mean, I hardly could get dirt off my face when I was like eleven, right? I wasn't going to no you know event like that. Mm -hmm. They're walking around looking at the shrimp, going, hmm, 
like, like shrugging. Yeah. And then they go, you know, uh, you got a, uh, you know, a little slider. Is, is it Kobe? Right for the sushi. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's very comfortable. Let me tell you something. Um, but honestly, some really nice kids. And, and I say that sincerely. And Thank you. what Mary said that I thought was fascinating was she, because I, you know, I was interested, but, you know, I let things slide sometimes. And she goes, you know, his daughter was emailing with a personal note that said, um, like, please, if RJ could go, my dad would really like. And it's like, how many 18, 19-year-old daughters even care enough to write mm-hmm. that? So yeah, I, thought, I think she posted on social media, on Facebook or uh, Instagram, trying yeah, to get a hold of but, you. But, but it, I'm saying it's a sign if she has that much you know, tenderness for you, that's a good sign, I think. So oh, okay. you should feel proud of yeah. that. Yeah, she's, she goes to Washington State. They're undefeated. Buckeyes are undefeated. So Well, so. that won't last. The Washington State won't last. Who are we kidding? Better enjoy it. Where, where <laughs> exactly. Can. All right, so I, here's the last story for me. Um, so the guy whose um, box it was is a client of yours. Is that the best way to say yeah, it? He's a borrower. Real nice guy, very go-getter. But he had he had a big family. He had one kid. Now, what's his kid's name? Uh, Maybe we I'll, shouldn't say the name. Okay. All right. Because just because. But he was the funniest. He should have a YouTube channel. <laughs> I mean, he really should because he's like we're in line and I had just met him and you know there was a group of them. He go. He's a Raiders fan, and he goes. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna uh, cut, not cut or break. Uh, T.J. Watt's Achilles. It's going to snap. And he goes, yeah, his Achilles. And he starts, like, he was going wild. And he, what was he, like, maybe about 10, maybe? Yeah, right. A little younger, yeah. So ten, he's going, yeah. And he's like, got this man, manic look in his face. And I'm like, wow, that's serious. I go, are you serious? Like, his Achilles? He goes, yeah. He goes, <laughs> it's like, it's like he, he thinks he deserves the win just because they're there. And but, they're, they're a fan of his. But But then, a little later... The Raiders are getting, you know, when they're getting whooped, I'm just dogging them, right? I go, what do you think about T.J. Watt now? He looks over and goes, I might have gone a little overboard. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, but I don't even think I can do him justice. This kid should have a YouTube channel. <laughs> the, good, good. I, I did bring one stat. That, uh, Uh-oh, and I got NFL, one last story. Go ahead. NFL stat uh, in honor of Dan Patrick, who they also listened to, so it's stat of the day if you have that music. Okay, but, okay. Uh, <laughs> So he's directing the show now. Yeah. Play this music. Yeah, quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I hope I hope there's not a problem with your mic. Yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, the the Browns. Oh, what happened? Hey, yeah, you're gonna miss out. <laughs> so the, the Browns have given up 460 yards all season over a course of three games. The Broncos gave up 460 yards in three quarters on Sunday. <laughs> three quarter. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So the, you're telling me the Browns are good and the Broncos are bad. At least defensively. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, okay. Somebody's fast. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> true enough. True enough. I, I think that Broncos-Bears game is a fascinating game, if you really think about it. All right. So last story here. So, you know, it was an, you know, there was an elevator and you went up. and What was there, like three levels of, of boxes or whatever? Is that right? Something uh, like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. So we're at, you know, the top one, which is nice. And Mike Tyson was there. Like, mm-hmm. And I saw him walking out. It wasn't like we were hanging out, but I saw him walking out. And there was a huge crowd, you know, not huge, but maybe 20 people around, like following him. And then I see him and someone else go off to the side, and they're having a conversation. And I look over, and it looks like Al Davis. 
Now, Al Davis has been long time dead, mm -hmm. right? But he's got the gray hair. He's got it combed back right over, you yeah, know. Pull, let's look back, yeah. Yes. But, but it looked exactly like Al Davis. I'm like, maybe that's his younger brother, or maybe that's a, who knows, right? His oldest son that we don't know about. Finally, that conversation goes about 40 seconds. Tyson continues, goes in the elevator, so everything clears out. But Al Davis Jr., or whatever, is still there. He takes a few steps over. He's a ticket taker. So, Al, so this dude that looked just like Al Davis is there taking tickets. He pulls Tyson off. They're talking like they're friends. But I thought to myself, he's a Raiders guy. Did he make his hair look exact? Did he like he must have modeled his look did, after? Did he Al model Davis? his yeah. look after Al Davis? Kerry Underwood was there too. That well, apparently that lot, everyone lost interest in that because of uh, who? Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. The Chiefs game. Yeah, but but was that the reason, or was there someone else at that? No, I guess it would have been Taylor Swift, right? What's your position on all the talk of Taylor? Like, some football guys are mad about it. I'm not mad about it. His like, they're mad like, why are we talking about her? Viewership's up. Travis Kelsey's podcast is like number one, 400% increase yep. in his jersey sales now. Here's what I'm mad at. Well, actually, it's not mad. It's, it's hilarious. Don't say anything to get the Swifties mad the, at but there's a, there's a There's a whole thing going around the internet now of um, uh, girls are videotaping themselves, like, um, telling their boyfriends that, uh, Taylor Swift is making Travis Kelsey famous, and they're filming the the men reaction, going, "Are you kidding me? He's, he's a future Hall of Famer. He's a Super Bowl champion." Like, like I, thought, mad. I thought it was maybe the cheerleaders telling the football players, "See, you should," or or maybe the people saying, "Let's f and go." Wasn't that what she said? Yes. <laughs> and we do have confirmation uh -huh. that she will be in attendance at MetLife Stadium Sunday night. Chiefs Jets. So it goes Bears – I'm looking at Chicago – or it looks like NBC Chicago. It says Bears-Chiefs game finishes the most viewed game of the week in the mm -hmm. NFL, except they cut out of it in the third quarter, didn't they? They got her They got her fixed, though. She was there. After Kelsey scored, that's all you needed to say. I know, but, I mean, that, that game was so bad, they <laughs> cut out of it, which happens very rarely these days, right? But somehow it still was the most – Yeah, it was what? total viewership, not average viewership, because uh, it probably dipped off after it was 34-0. It probably dipped off when they turned it off. They went. They went to. They actually went to Heidi. You guys don't know that reference. Some cable that they used to put on back in the day. You. No one knows I Heidi. A, I think that was a Raiders Jets game. Wasn't that was it? the Monday Night Football, right? Look it up, Mackenzie. All right. Any closing thoughts? It was a Sunday. Yes. I, I want to say you guys sound completely different here. All right. So how how so? In my car, you're going one and a half times speed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, but <laughs> is that one and a half? Damn. Sometimes sometimes one. My and voice quarter. doesn't sound as resonant and deep then. You're like, eh, yeah. Boy, I can't imagine what Fezzik sounds like. Got to cut out all the pauses. Yeah, he stutters a lot. Well, thanks for the critique. Fezzik <laughs> does, not you. I know, but well, he's, he's not part, here. If he's, he's here, it would have been nice. But that's the rule, right? If you're not here, we get to talk about you. If it's a we, not some interloper. <laughs> so the Heidi game is the name given to a 1968? Yes. American football AFL game between the Raiders and the Jets. That's pretty strong. Held on November 17th. Was notable for its exciting finish in which the Raiders scored two touchdowns in the final minute to win 43-32. However, a decision by NBC, the game's television broadcaster, to break away from its coverage on the East Coast to broadcast the television film Heidi caused many viewers to miss the Raiders' comeback. So this was something where everyone got mad, mm -hmm. and what they ended up doing was saying, we're never going to do this again, and they rarely cut away from these games. As 60 Minutes will tell you. 
Except, Except on the West Coast. Yeah. Except on the West Coast. Yeah. Well, Jay, listen, personally, it was a great time. And hopefully, so what'd you think of the setup over here? We, we're trying to, I wouldn't call it an intern. I'd say an uh, entry level position. You like the setup? Yeah, there's so much stuff. It's way cooler than school. Was was Mackenzie condescending to you? Not yet. That's a good line. That was a good line. All right, boys, thank you. Thank you. All right. That was good. Did you have fun? Yeah, yeah. That's how I, awesome. That's how I planned it out. So. In your mind. <laughs> that's how I was directing it before I got here.